Wrestling Geeks Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Thank you to old listeners for listening to us. We got a hell of an episode for you. For all new listeners, we do this show periodically. Just subscribe to this when a new episode gets out. Get a notification and listen to the episode. We're going to cover the Royal Rumble and some other stuff. Uh, But you'll uh, definitely hear what we have to say. And we got a fun episode for you. But I could not do this show by myself. Joining me, my co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton. Chris, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful, good sir, all things considering. How how have you been? Uh, moving into the new place, I've been doing pretty good, man. Just got everything set up. Um, got a couple more things to get, but I am very happy. Located over in Sandy Springs, um, Georgia, so... I just want to say, uh, take time to say, and uh, no offense because I know that you live in one of those areas, but I grew up in Suwannee. I've lived in Duluth, Sugar Hill, Buford, um, no Lawrenceville. I just want to say a big F you to Gwinnett County. And if I don't ever have to go through you again to get to Hushton to go visit my sister, I won't. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, what are you going to do? I missed a stray. I live in Lawrenceville. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, Gwinnett County's wild. I I will talk about that in uh, maybe maybe a later later date, but uh, I yeah I I don't I, I it's hard to disagree with you, especially if you're just talking about driving to somewhere. Yeah, I just uh, I'm over it. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a, a native to to this area, and I will go into. Areas over near the Brazelton land or whatever the fuck. So there you go. But um, either way, doing good. So, um, so, what is, de- so, so what you're saying is you're moving, you're migrating more towards Hall County. <laughs> hey, whatever. What, either Hall County or what am I in Fulton right now? Yeah, just stay out of Gwinnett. Just, yeah, once you uh, start talking about Arabia. once you start talking about Brazelton, bro, you're like one step away from my hometown and. Where AJ Styles is from, you're gonna be a Hall Gainesville, County guy. Georgia. Yeah, you're gonna Hall County guy. You're one exit. I might, just you know one what? I'm wearing all black and I got more tattoos, so I'm pissed. <laughs> I like you can tell how, <laughs> you can tell how many kids AJ has just by how many tattoos he has under his armpit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's lucky that his lady didn't want to have like five more kids. He'd have no fucking area for it, you know. That's where that's where I start getting my my tramp stamp, brother. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get tramp stamp for my future daughter right on my back. Earth flat, brother. <laughs> Please don't kill us, AJ. Um, we were. I fucking love AJ. We're 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 yeah, we love AJ, but goddamn, he's as most people in Hall County are is a bit ridiculous. 
Yes, absolutely. Well, Chris, I was going to say, I've been watching a lot of wrestling lately. I haven't got a chance also because of moving to catch that many movies. So unless you have something that you want really to talk about, I say we go on to uh, another, pretty much the biggest news item in the last two weeks. Um, what do you say? So the only thing I would really talk about is I've been watching the new season of True Detectives. Oh, um, with uh, Jody Foster. Yes. And it's really good. And there's a lot of callbacks to the first season. So if you fell off the last two seasons, specifically the second season with Vince Vaughn, not that Vince Vaughn was bad in it. It was just kind of like a crazy. How did did them having Rachel McAdams, Vince Vaughn, Colin Farrell, and that that season was just bad. Like, I don't like the one with Mustafa Ali from last season, but yeah, that second one almost ruined the whole fucking show. It's because they tried to do a Sopranos thing linked in with True Detectives. I think that's like they were like Sons of Anarchy is hot. You remember Sopranos? Like we should have Vince Vaughn be a mob boss kind of. Uh, even towards the end of the episode, it kind of comes off like at the God. The end of the Godfather is like, well, we're gonna take care of everything in one foul swoop, uh, kind of thing. Like during the christening. Like, even that spoiler alert for people that didn't see season two, True, True Detectives, I guess. But um, I think that was the big problem. It wasn't really about the detectives. Uh, season three was much, much better. This season ties back into the first season uh, with the cult, the the circle, weird, squiggly circle cult thing that they had, which is very interesting. They should have uh, Matthew McConaughey. So that's the thing. It's like we're three episodes in and like fans online, you know, people that uh, review the show like we review wrestling. They're like, dude, he's going to show up. There's no way. There's too much. There's too much there because in season one. So this is set. The the new show is set in Alaska during like uh, the dark period where like there's not a whole lot of sunshine or whatever. I can't remember the exact how Alaska works because why would you live in Alaska? But congratulations you live in alaska so it's kind of set in that time period uh but if you remember from the first season he talks about his dad living in alaska and then when he quits the force he goes to alaska and works on a boat for a while and then comes back uh after he had quit the the force uh after he bangs woody harrelson's wife basically uh so they're tying these things back together with the cult and stuff is like a weird interesting thing and i'm like man this is interesting and also um, the new season has like a like a uh, sci-fi like tie-in. Um, it kind of starts out with like it's basically like so. There's a uh, this is not really a spoiler thing. You can watch this and, and figure it out. But there's like an Alaskan research facility, right? And then a bunch of people die, and it sets up like the thing. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm in. Like to the point where there's like a background shot in the first episode where they're scanning across like these DVDs because Alaskan Research Facility, so you know they haven't got cable and shit out there. Uh, they're scanning across and there's just like in the background really hugely is a copy of John Carpenter's The Thing, and I'm like, oh, okay, all right, that's that's kind of cool. But they're tying it back into the first series, so I, I highly recommend it if, if for those out there that haven't watched it or haven't started watching it. It's been really good. Jodie Foster's great, uh, as expected. Um, yeah, 
so if you were disheartened by the you know season two and season three and you wanted to jump back in this would probably be the time to jump back in outside of that it's uh hockey and wrestling so I, I haven't watched a whole other a bunch of other shit outside of that so um the took man re- uh resigned uh from tko that's that's it that's all we have for the story <laughs> yeah he resigned um slim jim Decided they were going to sponsor the Rumble after resignation. Hey. Dude, how do we even get into talking about this? All right, I don't want to go, and I told Chris this. If you guys have heard, I'm sure, all the details, all the information is online. Um, I just feel like at this point, it's like I've already gone through the shocking concept of finding out about this and being like, I can't believe what the fuck I'm reading. Uh, this puts Vince McMahon, and we already heard about past allegations, but this really pinpoints Vince McMahon as long line of fucking fucked up people within the industry, whether it be uh, Jeffrey Epstein, whether it be Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, um, where you just bewildered, I would say, by what is being presented or what happened to this at the time, poor 20, 21 year old woman uh, who had just lost her parents and was pretty much, you know, besides herself and then getting taken advantage from what's, I mean, he's a monster, dude. He really is. Um, You know, you can't really change the past and I don't think Peacock will because they didn't erase Chris Benoit from the fucking thing completely. Um, His character will be a part of the library, but as far as Vince past that, I think he's pretty much going to be erased from the company that he designed back in the eighties and hearing so many people that work for him that are just like, they, they can't believe what they're fucking hearing. Um, Jim Cornette to Dutch Mantel, Derek Bischoff, just their reactions to it. It's, it's fucking crazy. It's damning. Um, just a fucking sicko, man. And uh, from what Paul London says and others, there's going to be a lot more information now that trickles out. So I don't think this is the end of us discovering terrible things. Um, and uh, if, I, if I'm to be a little bit, you know, I guess still serious, but I just, if you make them a person sign an NDA and you're a multi-billionaire, you might want to fucking pay off the whole entire goddamn thing if you don't want the person, you know, going against it. Uh, just so much information that fucking makes no sense. And we are now without Vince McMahon in the company, uh, Stephanie, you know, we'll talk more about it, Chris. Well, Stephanie was positioned highly and then during the investigation stepped down. Uh, and then came back and tried to block her father from joining the company again. This is before their merger with uh, with UFC for TKO through Endeavor. Um, Shane has had a bad relationship with his father for a very long time. And t- the last thing, time we saw of Shane, obviously, was when he uh, fucking tore his quad um, last year at WrestleMania. Uh, you know, Hunter had a freaking heart attack. 
throughout that whole entire time. And now Kevin Dunn's gone. Vince is gone. Stephanie's gone. Shane's gone. Uh, Vince is probably going to be, like I said, besides his character on television, pretty much a race. Um, from WWE, uh, formerly WWF. It's, it's just crazy. Um, I'm worried about certain scenarios, about finding out information that could be included with Triple H, like him knowing any of this information, especially the way he handled it at the press conference, which kind of sucks. I know he's a past, I'm not trying, I know it's a lot of shit for Hunter to deal with, but when you have someone, I know that was a past what, vice president uh, for a wrestling company in Cody who has a better answer, that doesn't say anything, is just straight to the point, and then you fumble it, you probably, I mean, they, the company, should have had Paul positioned better with something to say, I think, um, than, hey, that's terrible, but, like, let's let's go around this. Didn't make you look good. I just, um, I don't know, man. It's just crazy. It makes you think about a lot of stuff that you heard. Um, Chris? I'm not going to say how did you feel when you found out this information, but how bewildered, I like that word, that's my word of the day, uh, were you when you found out some of this info? So the fact there was a follow-up claim from the allegations that leaked before he left WWE and then came back and then sold the company and like was put in a position of power again – uh, that stuff was not the crazy part for me. The crazy part was actually reading the claim itself. Uh, for anyone out there that's listening to this that haven't actually read the claim, it's out there. You can easily find it. Uh, if you're a Vince defender, this is like – it's damning. It, there's no positive thing you could pull out of your head or, or – thing be like well Vince did this or Vince did this or what there's nothing you could say positive about this guy and not to condemn people because it's not necessarily evidence but when there's like stacks and stacks of text messages about the thing the person is talking about with direct context of how you write things uh man it's it's fucking tragic i i feel really really bad uh, for everyone involved in this, and it's going to be far stretching. I mean, there's still unnamed. We're talking unnamed sources, unnamed people uh, in the lawsuit. The claim is a little weird because it reads with names to begin with and falls back off because they're not suing everyone that's entitled. I mean, they're suing specifically. As far as I remember, they're suing specifically uh, TKO WWE. John Laurinaitis and Vince McMahon being the top three candidates of this thing. And, uh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I know that I rambled on to intro everything, but I just want to say, fuck you, John Laurinaitis. Trying to act like you're a victim, like you were convinced by Vince that you had to do this or your job. Fuck you, dude. Give me a goddamn break. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say that. Back to bashing Vince. Oh, it's not my fault. <laughs> Uh-oh, he told me I had to or I'd lose my job. Told you to rape that chick. Gotcha. Fucking moron. Right, yeah, he definitely told... He forced you to have her come over at breakfast every morning to do... Never mind. Read the claim. I'm not going to get into it. 
I don't want to I don't want to make light of the situation because it's so fucked up. It's like, you know, normally when we talk about stuff, there's laughs and and fun to be had, but this one is so fucking terrible. It's like there there's no way for us to even dissect it in a fun matter. Like it is it's that bad. Um and for anyone out there that's like reading or listening to podcasts and they're getting kind of a chuckle out of some of the crazy shit that's in there because it is Vince McMahon. And there is some crazy shit in there. And if you think of Vince McMahon as a wrestling character, you're like, that is kind of fucking funny if you think about him as a wrestling character. But keep in mind, this is these are real people outside of the wrestling world that real shit happened to. And it's like when we talked about it when he stepped down originally, it's like this – like where there's smoke, there is fire. So if we go back to the Jimmy Snuka murder cover-up, and the uh, steroid trial allegations and the forced blowjob and uh, sexual predator nature of the WWF after that. With I'm trying to think with the involved Pat Patterson, for instance. It was, a pet, it was either Pat Patterson or Gerald Briscoe with the foot fetish and young ring boys or whatever. <laughs> and Jerry the King Lawler's pedophilia and how that case disappeared. Like... I feel like there's going to be a lot more that comes out of this that people aren't expecting, especially now that it's federally indicted as far as like, from what I heard yesterday. So events will go to trial for this. Not that anyone should be surprised about that because there was, you know, you don't get a warrant to go into someone's house and take a bunch of shit unless you're building a case against them to begin with. Uh, which is what happened after he stepped down. I guess it was 2022 at this point. But yeah, just absolutely, absolutely disgusting, terrible. And it's like I said, we talked about it when it happened originally. Vince, Mc, we never. Vince McMahon is not a great person, <laughs> you know. Like he was a good wrestling character. He created a great company. Doesn't mean you're a good fucking person. You could be a terrible person and make something great, you know, like the, the, the two things don't quantify. So like, if you're a WWE fan, you shouldn't feel bad about liking WWE. I mean, maybe feel a little gross if you, you know, were previously like, Oh, it's fun when Vince shows up. I, I get that. But at the same time, it's like, you can't like, I'm not going to go back and hate clerks because of Harvey Weinstein was in charge of Miramax. You know what I mean? Like those things don't, they they don't equal one another, but it's so fucking hard to talk about. I was so dreading doing this show just because we're going to have to talk about this. It It's, it's a nightmare, dude. And uh, I don't know. Hopefully Vince gets his fucking comeuppance. What I, what I don't want to see is all of a sudden you get the, he gets the Jimmy Snooker treatment where he's like, Oh, he's not fit for trial, you know? And then he dies like two years later. <laughs> Whatever. So you're saying like he could show up with like a neck brace on, like he did uh, some other time ago, like in a wheelchair, just add the wheelchair because of the age this time, and then also have a thing on like in the steroids trial, you know, to add uh, some, some sympathy. So, so that's this is going to be the crazy part of this. This is the first time Vince has been a like is going to any kind of major trial without his number one gun because that lawyer retired. Barry McDivitz is not coming out of – I don't think that Jerry could do anything except for tell him, hey, you might not want to look like Gomez Adams when you're fucking out there. 
I, um, I heard the take that Jerry McDivid saw this coming and retired on principle. He was like, there's no way I can defend this one. I'm going to go out on a W instead of trying to defend this. Um, yeah, I mean, fucking billionaire rich white people, they do shitty sh- shit. That's the, I mean, that's the best way I could put it. I don't know. I, I guess you get level so of, much. With rich people, the level of corruption within Hollywood, owners of business teams, uh, just business owners in general and politicians, it's fucking disgusting. It's, it's like getting to the point, Chris, where it's almost like when something happens, at first it's crazy, but then you're like, these people are sick as fuck. Even, I know that, and you said like, you know, white billionaires or whatever, but like finding out about P. Diddy. And his girlfriend and him pimping him out. And like, what the fuck? Like, do you just see it? I don't even think it has to do sometimes with as crazy as it sounds sex. I think it's like, what can I fucking get away with? with the level I'm at, it's disgusting. Yeah, I. It's it's baffling, man. It, it really is. And it, not to make light of the situation, but. Uh, I. I this is such a hard topic to even approach or talk about in any, it's not wrestling at this point. This is not wrestling. Yes. He used a wrestling company for a position of power. I would say this is more closely related to like the recent Donald Trump, $88 million rape lawsuit that he just went through. Right. Versus like, this is tied to wrestling. It's more like this is a rich, shitty person. Um, yeah, it's sad. I hate that it's tied in WWE. I think WWE is doing great stuff. And it's going to be interesting to see what else comes out of this, especially with the fact they did an internal investigation and this thing might go to a federal trial against Vince McMahon, which will dig more into WWE and what that investigation actually entailed and what was done. Uh, and this is probably going to make me sound like a terrible person, but I'm assuming this lawsuit goes away because I, I, I'm thinking TKO just backs up the money truck and they're like, here's a hundred million dollars, please just stop talking. And if you want like a uh, yeah. example, they just did that with MLW. Like instead of actually going through with a lawsuit, they just paid MLW. They were like, please stop talking. Um, yeah. yeah. And I hope that definitely does not happen for fucking Vince, but you're probably unfortunately right. We'll see. Even if he has to do jail time, just like the two, you know, the people I talked about, not Jeffrey Epstein, something else happened. He didn't kill himself. Anyways, but involving Harvey and fucking Bill, you know, uh, they have a nice penthouse. No one's there. No, no prisoners to beat the shit out of them or anything like that. So I'm sure he'll, be very happy at a caged hotel type of situation. I, I would say just it it's a disgusting look overall with that deal with Netflix getting done uh, and him being up there ringing the bell with like acting like there was no knowledge that this was coming. Uh, and then like the delayed response from Ariel Emmanuel and Netflix, whoever the CEO of Netflix is, and Peacock, and anyone involved with WWE, I think they should have immediately responded to this, right? Uh, 
I know that if I was Peacock, if I was the CEO of NBC or Peacock or whatever, and this came out, I would have been like, I, I would have had an immediate response, whether the board liked it or not, uh, just because it's this is not this isn't like a little like he had an affair or something. This is I mean, the things that are written in that claim and knowing that there's also like three or four other NDAs that are NDAs so no one can talk about. So probably a history of behavior. Right. Um not including all of the shit from the 90s and 80s that I kind of went over. Like the Vitzbogan timeline of crimes is kind of, if you really look into it, is kind of disgusting. Even going back to the court case against the referee, I, I apologize because I did not remember her name. In the 90s, which ki- she kind of laid out similar things. Um, it's fucking, dude. It's the worst. And and What's, what's yeah. the... um. The the female wrestler that one tough enough blonde tattoos and she uh, unfortunately killed herself. Basically, if you guys want to, it's Ashley Morazzo maybe. Um, there's a lot of information from Paul London, her ex boyfriend, that he's really not being quiet about online right now. So, uh, and like he said, not just that he thinks some other stuff is going to come out. But he basically, that's the reason why he left the company. He was so disgusted that stuff was being handled a certain way. And as wrestling fans, we've heard about stories about some situation happening uh, over in Iraq at one of the uh, shows for the troops. But it goes even worse. It involves Kevin Dunn, too. And what the fuck? Yeah. uh, Ronda Rousey coming out and publicly burying Kevin Dunn. As being Vince McMahon's puppet. She also uh, named uh, Mr. Uh, Bruce Pritchard. That if Bruce is still there, then Vince still has presence within the company. Okay. Apologies to Kevin Dunn. It was Bruce Pritchard she buried. uh, And Rhonda. I got that wrong. It was Bruce Pritchard. But yeah. Uh, I don't know. Dominoes are going to fall. And the thing is, is when people like Vince, if they do get held to a torch... How long until he starts coming out of all the other crimes that he has helped other people skate by with? So, like, how long until we get, like, you remember that thing in Tennessee that involved Jerry Lawler and uh, sodomizing, like, a 14-year-old? You remember that? Yeah. He's a terror. Like, how how much of this other stuff is going to come out because of this? Uh, not for better or worse, no. but like if you're under Vince's umbrella and you did terrible things, like how 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 many other people? If he does go to a federal trial, like is it going to be a burning? Like you know, like we all know Hulk Hogan is not the best person in the world. Is it going to be like yeah, me and Hogan used to do this all the time in '86 or whatever? Like what is going to come? Sean. Yeah, like, the, the, is Sean going to come out and be like, you know, there's always the joke of, like, why I was in such Vince's favor. Is it going to be because of something like this? Is there something to be said about whatever John Laurinaitis' story is? Right. The thing is, when when you go on this type of, uh, down this rabbit hole, 
nothing. We're making up scenarios for part of it, obviously, to everyone listening. So those last two were just people that were close to Vince, obviously. But even with the Jerry stuff, if stuff comes out, stuff comes out, and that's when it's going to be handled, and it could definitely trickle down to every fucking person. Those people, Kevin Dunn, whoever, you know, could be in more trouble, unfortunately, than Vince when it comes down to actually serving time. Um, but I will say that as far as allegations go, until stuff hits us in the face, I don't think we should go down those rabbit holes um, because just give it time. If anything's out there, I think it's going to be exposed very soon. I don't think anyone's getting saved from this. It just is he rich enough to serve uh, time in prison in a much more happy fashion with a much more reduced sentence than you know, one of us schmucks that would get for getting caught with a pound of fucking weed in Alabama or some shit, you know? Yeah. He's rich enough and old enough that he'll either die or it won't matter if he, if he ever actually, if the federal indictment actually happens and it never goes to trial, it'll be like the, like, a, like I was alluding to the Jimmy Snooker situation of like, Oh, he's mentally incapable to go to trial for this. Right. Uh, so it's terrible. I mean, feel for the victims, and I feel bad for anyone that's ever been in Vince's realm. And, and like I said, this just—if if you haven't heard our original podcast on this from 2022, we're kind of just putting the same thing out there. The only thing that's different is there is a 70-page claim with detailed text messages that, like, is very eye-opening of how terrible. Uh, Vince can be. It, and like I said, even then, like uh, when they brought him back for that, like, oh, it's a surprise appearance, even after he stepped down, I was like, that's a terrible. I think even at the time, I was like, that's a fucking terrible move. I mean, I get he's a wrestling character, but at the same time, like. Tone deaf. Uh, and, and that's going to hurt them really bad. Uh, as far as like Triple H's involvement and Steph's involvement, because I know they've kind of been like, well, look, they stepped down and they voted against him or whatever. But yeah, they were still part of a show where they brought him back to say like one last goodbye. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I do know this WWE is not going to stop making money. <laughs> like lots of shitty people still make money, their companies still continue to prosper even after any kind of allegations like this come comes out right like wwe is a is a machine so people are worried this will kill the wrestling industry or whatever maybe it does that'd be really good for like tna impact they put on a really good wrestling show people should pay more attention to i don't think that is that's going to be the case it will be interesting to hear what happens with triple h how much he knew, how much Steph knew, because they're directly involved. Do they get fired? If this thing does go to a federal trial and more and more comes out and Netflix just signed a $5 billion contract, how hard are they going to push TKO and Endeavor on getting rid of them? Right. So that kind of stuff is... uh, We kind of... Crazy. Um, Yeah, and I mean... That's that's the whole thing. Like I said, timeline-wise, things are kind of looking a little bit different. When this whole allegation things were coming out, that's right around the time that Hunter had his heart attack, and Stephanie stepped down, and she they were part of the committee. 
So could they have found even an acorn of what the fuck was eventually going to be out there if they didn't take care of it? Uh, very possible. I mean, they both voted for Vince not to come back. Um, this is before Endeavor got involved. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know what's going on over there. Uh, I know that Shane's been very far from his father for a very long time. So maybe those signs were, you know, were there in place. But uh, yeah, this could not look good. And as far as Endeavor, I hope that they are weeding out um, any. I, I hope that's what they're trying to do right now. And that's what they, they, it sounds like they're doing, trying to get stuff out. It was quoted of all the Vince McMahon people. So um, if that's the truth, man, uh, I mean, I don't know the level of corruption to their company. So like I said, big business companies, I don't really have a lot of trust in regardless. But I think WWE will prosper. Who knows, man? I mean, if Hunter gets in trouble or has to do anything and step down or whatever, I guess we still have Sean, we still have Paul Heyman to be able to run the booking part of it now that they're part of a huge company. I, you know, I, I don't know what the fuss would happen. I'm just spitballing here, but we will find out. Um, I don't think it's going to kill the company. It definitely might have some problem with Netflix. I know that until he resigned, Slim Jim jumped off as a partner of WWE. Then Vince resigned, uh, and they were put back on as a sponsor for the Royal Rumble. So, you know, there is there is a lot of it. It's it's a fucking it's a shitstorm, man. It's a real fucking shitstorm. And um, yeah, who knows what's gonna happen? I do want to say out, that I I will say that that's a bad look for Slim Jim in general to say, okay, we're going to step away from this company because of just Vince McMahon, knowing that this is encompassing of other people. That's not just Vince McMahon that were in CEO roles. If you're going to pull your sponsorship, just pull your sponsorship and leave it be until the next pay-per-view. So I thought it was weird. Well, not really weird because people do shitty stuff all the time for the, Oh, Vince stepped down. So it's fine. Right. Like to me, that's like that's a half cocked answer. They should have just went the cricket mobile response of being like, oh, I don't know. We just have a <laughs> we're just in business with these people. Um, yeah, but it, it, it's disgusting. Um, I, you know, oh, it, it will be good when all of this stuff gets brought to a head. It'll be interesting to see what happens with WWE, who all is involved, how encompassing this thing is. If Vince brings out other things from, let's say, if he pulls back all the way to when he started running WWF, or I guess it was originally WWF when he bought it from Gorilla Monsoon and his father, right? Uh how yes, so previous before that he was just the announcer in the 70s for his dad's yeah. company and then he got a loan and bought it from his dad i believe in 83 and then had wwf running by 84 I think. yeah so if you go all the way back to there through the alligator like steroid trial like all the stuff leading up to the steroid trial and a couple of other trials after that and all of the lawsuits that have happened since there for after um it'll be interesting for sure 
if he goes to like an actual criminal trial, it's does Vince go scorched earth? Like how much information does he have on the click, for instance? Uh, uh, other stories like the plane ride from hell for it. Like there, <laughs> there's, this is the thing is no one, no one should have been out here thinking that Vince McMahon was a good person to begin with. Cause he's kind of a fucking terrible person, but um, yeah, I don't know. Hey, if they're looking for someone to book, Gabe Sapolsky's out there. So, there you go. Yeah, you, you, Gabe works for the company. Um, fucking, obviously, we Paul Heyman, Shawn Michaels. I'm not trying to say that, especially in the type of situation where it's not like fucking Triple H knew everything, but they found out he's part of this and was trying to cover up anything. I mean, that's damning. So, I don't want that to happen, but... I think because of the machine behind them, because of their name, and especially if they get rid of anyone that was associated with this, they'll be fine uh, going forward. Uh, but it's just going to yeah. be pretty crazy what happens yeah. uh, in the meantime. Yeah, you know, being under the Endeavor umbrella where you're allowed to slap your wife in public and not get fired uh, probably serves other shitty people uh, well if they stay in WWE. That's right. Well, Shot, shots fired, Area Emmanuel. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you're referring to Dana White, right? That was referred to Dana White, but also the response from Endeavor in general and that whole story that wasn't that long ago. Yep, both of them were drunk. Um, she hit him a couple of times in the face and he slapped her. Terrible look and terrible response from the company, but a bit different than what uh, Vince is getting damned for. So, you know. No different, but the response, the tone deaf response, I, I don't think we'll, we've kind of saw that. Well, already. the thing is, when it came to tone deaf, I thought, uh, to me, I mean, it took a little bit because these allegations pop up, but by the next day, Endeavor and, and, and Ariel basically said, we're going to get on this and fucking shit's going to change. And then we had Vince turned down. I personally, and like I said, I have no level of information for how much Triple H knew, but Hunter's response was fucking terrible. Cody's response, and really I think it's kind of annoying to position that towards a wrestler, a part of the company, as opposed to who it's supposed to be with Triple H who deflected like four times. Cody's was very smart to the point and was way better than, than Hunter's. And uh, you can't just pivot and go... Well, we just had this big deal with Netflix this week, and uh, you know, Rock's joining us. Like, I just want to focus on the good stuff. A lot of bad stuff. I'll shadow that, bud. But uh, what are you gonna do? Yeah, uh, it makes you feel. It makes me feel kind of bad for burying uh, TK so hard on his Jericho response, his nothing burger response on that press conference after hearing Triple H's, because like. <laughs> As far as NDAs and uh, shit, you remember when we talked about the Jericho situation and Tony Khan's response to that? Uh, amplify oh, that yeah. by like, like 10 with, with the way Triple H avoided that question. The weird thing is like, <laughs> this goes out to all wrestling companies. You could just not have a post, <laughs> post-conference. There's, yeah, what, you, what benefit 
knowing that was going to happen, since you guys knew that this was already out there, maybe just cancel this press conference so you don't have to deal with stuff like that. Not only that, but all Hunter had to say, Chris, was, you know, I'm, we're looking at everything. These are ter- terrible allegations. We're, we're, we're really serious about this. I can't believe some of the stuff I'm reading. Um, you know, just give something. Just fucking something. And I think that people or I legally can't talk about this at all right now. Um, but these are terrible things that we have found out and have taken, you know, just say that. No, nothing. Ha- uh, yeah. I just want to talk about the Royal Rumble. Yeah, he needed one of those like NFL pre-written responses to something. You know, my lawyer advised that I say this when that question came up and just read the the fucking page off instead of actually trying to glasses on like he does. Yeah. Reads it real quick. Yeah, this is terrible. The entire situation is very shitty. And uh, if there was a couple of chuckles, it's because it's so fucking uncomfortable to talk about, honestly. And uh, yeah, I, man, I'm trying to think of a good way to wrap up my sentiments of this. I guess, I guess fuck Vince. Fuck anyone that's involved with this. That's your garbage. Be better. Yeah. Yeah. The dominoes are about to fall, but I think we've definitely talked about this situation. I want to get onto some of the positive things. I mean, it's going to be hard to not be outshined by everything that's going on, Uh, but it's time to move on with pro wrestling without Vince McMahon involved in it. You know, that's 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 the basically the ending that I can say. And let's go forward and hopefully all the companies get their shit together Um, because it's already positioned where we have a lot of great wrestlers in great places. Um, I actually kind of want to talk about once again, we're getting these trades, if you will. Well, we have the pretty much the biggest free agency year, um, I think, since me and Chris have started doing this show and it doesn't end. But before we get into that, Chris, did you want to lay down any comments or was that your piece? Kind of my piece. And like I said, kind of earlier in the conversation, if you're a WWE fan, don't feel bad about being a WWE fan. The product itself, the people that are working there, etc., are not all reflective of one person or a, a subsection of people. Um there's a lot of great athletes, great wrestlers, great writers, et cetera, that work for WWE. If it yes. turns if it turns people off completely, I understand that. I understand that. I'm just saying if that's your, you know, WWE is in a boom period. I think they've done really well the past two years. I think it is easily the best product uh, as far as wrestling goes without a question. If you like female wrestling, WWE is where it's at, which is kind of fucking weird to talk about on the backside of this. Uh, if you like storylines, if you if you like if you like the let's say wrestling entertainment side of things, WWE is where where it is. It's not even close. They're miles ahead of AEW or Impact's getting better, but they're miles ahead. So. Just don't feel bad about liking WWE because someone is a shitbag. There was a lot of people that made WWE WWE. For instance, you know, 
one of them that were there ringing the fucking bell at the stock market, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, for instance, you know, like Mick Foley. <laughs> for every shitty person out there, there's, you know, there there are these athletes that made WWE what it is, the, the ones that took down WCW. Um, so just keep that in mind, I guess, as a wrestling fan and wrestling fans already get enough shit as it is. This doesn't help, but you know, continue your fandom. People are shitty. You know, I like Ryan Adams. I think he's kind of a shitty person, but I, I enjoy his music. You can like the art without actually liking the person to some extent. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. Um, Unfortunately, artists, you know, or, or anyone for matter that you look up to, there might be a dark side within it. But there's a lot of people that, like you said, Chris, not only represent WWE on a better fight, but a lot of people that work within the company that have nothing to do with this, that work the cameras or part of the production team, staff backstage, you know, all the way down to people that are presenting the food for that night and you know, the caterers and so there's a big machine behind WWE. This is just one person. We knock him off, get rid of some of the other sludgy fucking people and hopefully we can move on, you know? So what will be interesting? Uh, one more thing before we get out of this, because I'm sure it will come up if this actually goes to a federal trial. Concussions and concussion syndrome. Right, so CTE, if his defense lawyer uses that as, as why Vince may have may have committed these crazy things in his older age, does that negate the previous suits, like with, with the ones that Raven was involved with for concussions and how they treated contract workers? Like, what, do you, what is your thoughts on that? Because that's something I haven't heard talked about at all. But like if the if he comes out and he's like, oh, he did this, but it's because he, you know, he's mentally not. I don't want to say unstable, but he's he's not cognitively all there because of concussions due to wrestling. Uh, What is the shockwaves that that sends through wrestling and and kind of all sports, honestly? I mean, we'll relate it to the last time that it was presented at such a high level, if that's the case, and that's Chris Benoit. Now, Vince was evil for his actions, and Chris was for his actions, but I know that, obviously, if, and I'm, dude, the amount of stupid chair shots Vince did uh, in the late 90s, you know, Direct on type of fucking headshots, not the sliding ones on the head like you're supposed to do. Um, just there's a possibility he has had many problems, but I can't. Sorry, if you end up doing that, I don't care if your brain's damaged. It's got to be somewhat there. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I think it could definitely trickle down, uh, but I think it's still. It's got to be separated because you went with the actual action. And that action that he did specifically for a long period of time was devious and calculated. So, Yeah, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. I guess let me rephrase what the question was. Um, so if for some reason this comes up as part of Vince's defense, 
for people that were part of the concussion lawsuit against WWE, do you think that allows them to reopen that settlement or whatever? Of oh, like- yeah, actually, absolutely. I think that there's definitely, if they try to use that as some bullshit, even though Endeavor's now going to have to deal with it, yeah, I think that that's completely something they can go into. Um, cause that's inexcusable. I, I, I think that, yeah, I think you're absolutely right on that. And then with it being tied to Endeavor, it, it, we're not, I don't want to go too much further down this rabbit hole, but with it being tied to Endeavor, if that does happen to be a fact, cause I'm assuming if he goes to federal trial, they're going to use that as a defense and show like, this is the time Vince got hit with a chair and that's when he became crazy or whatever. Because if I was a lawyer, a defense attorney, that's probably what I would do. Uh, but WWE has been so hard against like, oh, well, you know, we provide like all of these rehab health and all, all, the, all of the things that they have done uh, for people in the past with concussion, specifically concussion protocol, et cetera, after Chris Benoit. That's going to tie into that lawsuit. It's going to tie into everything else that uh, – it will shake WWE to the core and for better or for worse. Right. Because like wrestlers are independent contractors. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that, if this does occur and it may not, like I said, Vince could die tomorrow for all, for all I know. And then none of this, it'll be a nothing burger. Uh, but if, if all of this stuff does come out and go to trial, et cetera, and that kind of stuff comes out, Endeavor is in a weird spot because they also are a combat sport. UFC is a bigger property than WWE, and it is literally a sport where you punch each other in the face. And they're also kind of independent contractors. So it, it if WWE and, and UFC have to change their practices completely, if there's more unionized, if you have like an athletic commission. I jokingly say athletic commission because the territory days, but do you get like a wrestling committee, like an actual union things that have been pushed forward in the past? Is that something that will have to come forward at some point? And, uh, it'll be hard to at the, in the past, it's always, you've always been able to get away with it. I get, well, Vince was always able to get away with not having like actual contracts. By being like, well, look, you'll make more money this way, and if you're on top, you can make this money, etc. cetera. Uh, but at some point, like, unionize. <laughs> like, for your professional athletes, like, you know, you there's a reason why all sports has the player associations, right? So you can renegotiate contracts and figure out what your actual money is. Um like I said, this this gets into a different rabbit hole, but at the at the same time, it's it's hard to ignore because you know if Vince goes to trial, this will come up as like a defense for him. Absolutely, and like I said, we'll have to find out what's going on. But I think the start of it, getting rid of Vince, is the best start, and uh, we'll have to go from here. A lot of stuff could trickle out, but let's talk about some more positive things within wrestling. And we got 
like I said, a couple guys and gals uh, that we don't know where they're going to go. All in the air, but it's always fun to speculate and talk about some of the free agents right now. Black Tarus was awesome in Impact, um, finished his deal with both Impact and AAA, and is looking to end up in another place. I know that he's very sought after. We've talked about Hammerstone, who seems to be doing a, uh, you know, checking every, all of his, uh, all the availability out there, very similar to what Matt Cardona did. And um, Jacob Fatu is now found out, which we all thought that he had until 2025. So we had the rest of this year with MLW. But from what Booker T and Rikishi, his uncle, are saying, he's available now and they're pushing for basically WWE to get him. Uh, Booker T even saying that he will do everything he can to get this kid involved with the WWE um, and Rikishi being his fucking uncle and a part of the Analoa family. So, um, And then there's also with with the male superstars, Kazushi Okada. Um, still don't know where he's going. Uh, it seems like the money and the people that he can work with are more intriguing with AEW, but the prestige and the unknown uh, is pretty intriguing with WWE. But, you know, it's gone back and forth. But I think Dave's last report, which I don't know, wasn't really a report to me, just basically said, like, both of them really want him. And they're both trying to find out what he's going to do. But it should be, it could be while we're doing this show where we find out where Okada ends up, um, you know, going with allegations and situations involving that. There was a uh, uh, episode with Patrick Clark, the former Velveteen Dream, on Chris Von Vliet um, and basically how he has, you know, found and, and shown his innocence uh, and what's been going on since then. So he's uh, back on the indies, and it's going to be hard for, I think, a major company still, due to the allegations, uh, to work with him. But I definitely think that to get some perspective, uh, things that I have been talking about on the show since it happened, um, check out the episode. I thought it was big of Chris Von Vliet and makes me appreciate him. But someone, at least on the independents, that used to be a star at NXT. And then, of course, the two women... Camille, we don't know exactly when she might start with NXT, but apparently the newer reports were that AEW was also throwing her offers to try to counter NXT and WWE's. Uh, so Camille from NWA, Camille Brickhouse, and still don't know exactly. It's most likely AEW, but uh, where Miss Monet, uh, the former Sasha Banks, is going to end up. Will she come back? To WWE, or is she going to end up at AEW? We do know that Deanna Perrazzo has ended up, obviously, over at um, AEW and is now positioned against Tony Storm for the title, which is pretty good. And, uh, yeah, Naomi is now Naomi again, formerly Trinity. And we'll talk about her tangling it up with another wrestler from Impact, uh, Miss Jordan Grace, later on when we go over the Royal Rumble. But that's the... Uh, that's the new shoot of what's going on with some wrestlers right now, uh, you know, within this season of just so many uh, great available talent, Chris, uh, on the market. I, 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 I think there's still a high probability that Okada goes to WWE. I know a lot of people 
including Mr. Dave Meltzer himself, were like, oh, it's, I'm pretty sure he's going to go to AEW and then dialed it back. Uh, Endeavor is like a worldwide company in general. And if you're New Japan, right, and you're like, I want our product to be bigger, AEW ain't that. Like, it was fun. You guys had a crossover. That's cool. Take that and build on it. It's what I said when when AEW first got launched. I was like, the way WWE could undercut AEW to begin with is have a working relationship with New Japan. And you've already started seeing it with Stardom and the stars that they signed from Stardom, right? So uh, Julia is like the biggest one that's coming over now. Yep. Uh, don't be surprised <laughs> if Okada just shows up at Mania. <laughs> is all I'm saying. So uh, I, I know I know that everyone's like, yeah, but like you know, he had all these great matches with people in AEW, etc. I don't think that Okada gives a shit. <laughs> Okada's great matches every time he just goes to the bathroom. You know what I mean? Like. I think he just wants to get fucking paid fairly after getting fucked over for the last 10 years in New Japan. Um, so there's that. And then, uh, with, so the Jordan Grace, uh, I, I would talk, I want to hit on her real quickly. Uh, she's still, she's still going to be an impact as far as I know. Right. Like there's no contract stuff with her. Uh, I will say, check out her Instagram. Because her being able to call her mom and being like, I'm going to be at the Royal Rumble, the video packages that they did for that, and they showed them on Impact. I don't know if you saw Impact last night, but on Impact, they actually were able to promote that. So they were able to use WWE content and footage and stuff, which tied in. I thought that was really cool. Um, like seeing Jordan Grace's mom, she's like, you always said you are going to do that. And she's like, like tearful talking about it. Uh, being part of a big WWE event with Jordan Grace. I, th- I thought that was absolutely incredible. Uh, so good shit to watch. Hey, turns out Impact's a really good show. Maybe check it out. Um, trying to think of other other names that you mentioned. Uh, Jacob Fatu. Should he join the bloodline or go against them? Maybe with The Rock and uh, Jey Uso. Dude, what a, this is going to make me sound like such an asshole, but like maybe him and Sola Sokoa as a tag team. Oh, no, up. man. I or love that idea, actually. Jimmy gets forced out of the group and beaten up and thrown to the wayside for Jacob Fatu. And now him and Solo are going to go for the tag titles as like the new, you know, uh, what the fuck, Wild Samoan group. Yeah, Head Shringers or Wild Samoans or whatever. And then the Usos have to get back together to take over this evil, evil, absolutely monstrous group. Because like for those out there that have not watched a lot of MLW or Jacob Fatu, uh, it's like Solo Sokoa, but if he did a bunch of HGH and cocaine. <laughs> He's an absolute monster. Uh, He's... He's the size of Umaga almost. He's probably like a little more slim, but he moves like Jimmy Snuka. 
It makes yeah, no he, sense. Yeah, he's a, he's a way better wrestler than Solo Sokoa. I feel comfortable saying that, and I think Solo Sokoa is a great wrestler as well, but he is the he, – yeah, he is more like a, a uh, Umaga where he just moves better, has the intimidating presence, but can actually, like, really, really work. If you put those two in a tag team – and not to you do the WWE things where you just put the two guys together. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, you can actually tell a, a story out of that, right? Like with the Usos versus uh, Solo and, and Jacob Fatu. I think that would be a fun thing to do. I think he's destined for WWE. And it... it the real question is... <laughs> Because New Japan doesn't want to pay anybody. Where, where's Tamatanga going? That's the. We haven't really talked about that. Did he resign? No, and apparently the rumor was that he might be going to WWE. So, and I would love that. Uh, even if he has to go through NXT to establish himself as a character because Triple H does it the right way where he has the characters established and then they become bigger once they hit the fucking main roster. I'm not going to even go into bitching at Vince for that anyways. Um, but yeah, so I think he would still have to do that, get on television, be in front of the American audience, but Tomatongo would be fucking real quick through it unless they want it, unless they want to involve him with this storyline because even though he's not, Blood-related, he's obviously the son of um, Haku, along with Tongalo, and we still don't know, since he's injured, what w- what's going to happen with Tongalo. Like, will he try to follow his brother or what? Because uh, they're an incredible tag team. But I feel like Tama Tonga could fucking really do some stuff. I've always said, I've told you this a million times, it's like you take Piper and Snuka, and that's their fucking combined efforts in a wrestler. Um, yeah, Tempatanga is a little weird, like it, when you think about the WWE product of like what his promos would be like. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, man, does he he really goes in? Uh, let's just say that. <laughs> I don't like MJF. You could see cleaning it up. It'll come off. It'll be more like a CM Punk promo in WWE, right? With Tematonga, I'm like trying to compare him to Roddy Piper is probably the best. Could he could he clean it up enough to be a Roddy Piper promo? Is the thing <laughs> I guess. Tematonga is great though. I, I love Tematonga. Uh, yeah, man, that's it's so interesting. With the thing about the bloodline is like it's been three years and it's still interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because of very what they could do. In the, in the reaches of Paul Heyman. Like, you know what I mean? Like, who could he bring? He's like, well, this is my special enforcer, the Sandman. <laughs> you know, like, it, it all just in general, they've done... And I'm going to give all credit to Paul Heyman on this one. Like, honestly, it, it's just, it, this has to be a Paul Heyman thing. Uh, it works so well because it is so old school. And they have proven, and WWE has doubled down on that, Paul Heyman's idea of what you know Roman should be and how he should be booked. They've doubled down on that with pretty much all of their legitimate champions. So if you think about like Gunther and Roman and Rhea, it's 
They're like, this is how you do it. It's just old school wrestling, brother. <laughs> I'm surprised Cornette doesn't put it over. Cornette doesn't put it over enough, honestly. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I, I, I completely agree with you on that. It's a, a very, very interesting thing how detailed they have become. And it's very thankful from a wrestling fan standpoint, uh, you know, to have that perspective for WWE, because when I first started watching, uh, I did not. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on? And it kind of stayed like that for a while. And I just remember, I remember for a while, and I think I've told you this before, uh, liking Lucha Underground when that was presented, uh, NXT more so. Um, and then I started getting into even TNA and then AW comes out in the first couple of years, I thought were really well done and they've been kind of slipping since then, but yeah, man, um, WWE is stepping it up a notch and it's very impressive. And with this talent that's out there, you know, everyone in NXT is, there's a lot of great talent. There's even more coming over. You got Oba Feme, which if you guys have not checked out NXT lately, I understand because most a lot of the segments involving Chase U and a lot of stuff with the women's locker room make me want to just punch myself in the face. But Sean's got that stupid sense of humor. But when it comes to some of the stars, uh, male and female, awesome. Obafeme, the new North American championship from Nigeria. It's like if, if Omas is like the Nigerian Andre, then he's like the Nigerian Brock Lesnar. He's a monster. And then you have all these people available on the market that – you know, for everything from TNA uh, to WWE, AEW, they're going to get replenished from a lot of these talents. Some people, like I said, you got Dolph, who seems like he's going to work with New Japan. And he's got that with Impact, since they do a lot of business with New Japan and AAA. Um, he's available to do that with the contract. Uh, Mustafa Ali is coming over there, too. So, you know, just a lot of good stuff. And then partnering. You know, what AEW does with New Japan, them doing stuff now with CMLL and having that that type of invasion angle, I guess, at the beginning, very uh, akin to we saw with the radicals in WWE. But it's just it's just cool the whole way through. And I like seeing it's going to be very interesting going forward. So I guess that's the positive side of the wrestling industry after an extremely much more overshadowed negative side. Yeah, no, it's there. There's just so much talent out there and actually a bunch of good places to work for. <laughs> but I mean, you know, if you go to AEW, it's not, the, that's not the end of the world. Like back in the day, like if you were just put on the island and you had to go to ring of honor or whatever, after you left one of these other companies, uh, it could either be a boomer break for you, but right now, like any talent kind of can transfer. Like I loved the women's Royal Rumble so much because it, it showcased just how much talent there is in WWE with female wrestlers and, and people they can build upon. And uh, the fact that they have, put a lot of effort into making that division what it is, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it all of that stuff is I mean the the big name is Okada, right? 
like that's the the one that jumps off the page. Where does he go? That's the and where would you actually? Here's the question, Dane. I guess if I'm going to sum this up, where does Okada go? And where would you? If the answer is he's going to go to AEW, where would you prefer to see him? I guess. I hate to say it, but since we've gotten these matches with Brian Danielson and they were fucking amazing, especially the last one, I've seen Okada work with a lot of the people in AEW. Um, Kenny's not there indefinitely, possibly due to uh, what happened with him with diverticulitis. I just think that Okada. Maybe not as much money will be thrown at him. Um, and I understand that a lot of people would point to, you know, his uh, English speaking abilities, but he does still speak English fairly well. I think he would be fine in Hunter's WWE. I think that he would strive. And the way I would do it, if you go to AEW, we know how Tony's going to do it. He'll come out of the pay-per-view, he'll put his hands up, and that will be it. Or one of his... Hey guys, I have a big announcement. Is going to be in just presenting Okada and just putting him in front of everyone, and that's cool. But I think if, if it was WWE, since Gunther and Brock Lesnar are obviously not happening um, anymore, I mean, if they were doing well, last night it really solidified that I think Cody is going to go for Seth. But if they were doing Gunther and Seth, that still would be cool. I'm just saying if Gunther doesn't have an opponent. Maybe two weeks, maybe a couple weeks before. Uh, I don't know, maybe a month out from the Mania. Guther comes out and says that he's taking open challengers. When he gets to Mania, he keeps that option open for WrestleMania and says, I've already beaten such and such. There's no one that could beat me. Um, you have him come out and wait for his opponent. Normally the champ goes second, but now we don't know who the person's going to be. So Imperium comes out. Luther's waiting, and you hear the coins fucking drop, his music go off. I think, especially based on the audience, even though they fucking sucked in Tampa, they still really popped for Jordan Grace. They still knew a lot of inside stuff. I think people are going to go nuts with Okada's music, the actual Kazuchika Okada coming out, presenting himself, him and Guther have what would arguably be, to me, if that was a, a match, the best match, and Okada takes the fucking IC belt off of off of Gunther, who Gunther has had it for how long now? He's already beaten the record. Gunther chases him for a little while, then Gunther and his feud ends. He's still IC champion. You position Gunther more for the main title now, and Okada rocks that title for a while. You know, while they're trying to develop him into doing what essentially he helps Gunther do, gets to the main title. But that's what I would do. That's exactly how I would book it. Open challenge, Okada accepts right at WrestleMania. Him and, o- and Gunther for the IC Championship. He takes out Gunther. Who the fuck is this guy? Like, to people that don't know him. And, oh, my God, Okada, the Rainmaker's here to people that do. So a lot of people are like, you know, he's going to need a mouthpiece. He's going to need some. I think Gunther versus Okada is a good Great, great idea and a big match. I think a match that kind of any wrestling fan would want to see. I think I think that's an amazing idea uh, to bring the ring, especially if you can get him by Mania, right? Uh, would be great. But like, do you think that he would have to have a manager? <laughs> 
And if you do, hear me out on this. What about MVP in Okada? The only it's same thing with Paul Heyman because I thought I thought about both of them, man. I think that that's it's because they represent heels, and I want Okada obviously represented as a baby face. I think Okada might be able to handle it, especially if you do what they're doing with Shinsuke now, which I think is working out for him. A lot of his stuff is maybe not backstage promos as much as vignettes, um, you know, with him speaking in Japanese and then seeing the subtitles, because then he can really get his emotion as a promo, even if you don't understand them. And when he speaks in the ring, maybe he speaks English uh, the best of his ability. But that's the they don't have a lot of manager options, I don't feel like, um, in WWE. Unless you bring someone, but who do you bring? Yeah. What about, oh, dude, what about, he's still alive, too. He's actually in really good health because he was on Eric Bischoff's show. What about Sonny Ono? <laughs> I don't know that that I would. I would love that, personally. Doesn't, that would be fun and cool. He has some weird claws against WCW with that lawsuit that he had. Uh, so I don't know if that transferred over or whatever. I mean, the hologram, past- the hologram of, um, of uh, what's his name? Master, uh, Mr. Fuji. How about that? Yeah, I, I think the MVP would be interesting as a manager because he did spend time in Japan, right? And would have a reason to bring over Okada. Uh Okada, the the difference between Okada and Nakamura is like, even Okada working as a heel, he's not really a heel. He's just like, I'm just, he's like, I'm that damn good. He's basically, he's doing the Triple H gimmick, but he actually is that in the ring. You know what I mean? Okada is like the Bret Hart of Japanese wrestling, where it's like, he's only a heel if you want him to be. He's just going to give you. Yeah. Uh, you know, Okada's never really like you know smashed a brick across anyone's knee or something. <laughs> like he's not doing, you know, these Tennessee finishes or anything. Um, I I don't know, man. I I think MVP would be very interesting with Okada, especially because I I feel like MVP was hitting like a really good stride as a manager, and then they just for no reason dialed it back. Uh, with him and Bobby Lashley, I thought that was a great group because Bobby Lashley's he's he's a good wrestler. He's he's an intimidating presence, but he's just terrible on the mic. Uh, if you want other proof that's outside of WWE, go watch him at Impact. He's just terrible on the yeah, mic. Yeah, he stumbles a lot. What about Prize Fighter versus Prize Fighter? Kevin Owens is going to be his manager. KO versus... No, no I'm saying for at Mania, Okada and Kevin Owens. Well, I mean, they don't want Kevin Owens to steal the show, bro. <laughs> he held the match, be, man. But he's know, losing Kevin, in that. Oh, he's losing, but he's going to make it look good. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know Kevin Owens would love that. Uh, he's like, uh, I'm going to... I'm gonna. That would steal mania. I, I don't so know. So you think you're the prize fighter? Then Okada's like just talking like, who the fuck is this and how is he a prize fighter? And then he just punches Okada in the face. Okada gets back up and gives him a rainmaker for mania. 
Yeah, what if they like they let Kevin Owens be Kevin Steen? They gave him his name back, and he's like, you're talking about this other company that you're out there having a forbidden door with. I'm Kevin Steen. I built that company. I built it on my back. And just goes, <laughs> he's like, I came here and won titles. Otherwise, you're across the pond wrestling in front of 5,000 people. <laughs> you I mean, can really... That's the great thing about Kevin Owens is he can turn it on and off of being a heel so easily. That it, well, you know, that's the reason I hate to bring up his name again. I don't hate to bring up his name. He's influential towards the modern generation. But there's something about Kevin Owens' position right now in the company that reminds me of Piper when he was a bit older um, in the early 90s. The, dude, it, that is such a great – they're the exact same character. Where they're never going to be your top guy, but they're definitely always going to be in the mix somehow. <laughs> they don't give a fuck, and they will just fight people because that's what's supposed to happen. <laughs> it's great. That that is a that is a. I wouldn't have said that about Kevin Owens like, you know, five or six years ago. Yep. Uh, but current Kevin Owens of like, I just like you know I'm making good money at WWE and I really enjoy my job. Eh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is he is the Roddy Piper because you can just kind of shove him in anywhere. And uh, great promo. The KO show definitely out of all of the those that they have, it has the Piper spit flair to it. Um, yeah, the yeah. guy's going to come out there, say something that pisses off Kevin Owens and he's going to beat their ass. That's very yeah. much Piper's pit. <laughs> yeah, and they always keep it under five minutes. So like Ms. TV lasts forever, for instance, right? Like Kevin Owens' show, it's like it's like two minutes because <laughs> it's gonna like it. The the actual theme songs take longer than the actual part of the show. <laughs> um, I don't know what was better, the Moxley show with the plant or <laughs> the KO show, right? Uh, what the hell? The what did they the do to fucking Moxley Frank, and WWE with that plant? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Never mind. I'm not gonna get into it. I was like, <laughs> I was gonna say, people like to bitch about Moxley's run in WWE, but he was a heavyweight champion. It wasn't like the guy wasn't getting pushed. Yeah. No shit. Um. All right. Well, hey, let's let's go over Royal Rumble. Uh, do you mind, Chris? I kind of want to go over, and I mean, it's because even though there was a U.S. title match and also a, a, a world title match or the WWF undisputed championship match, um, let's get those over with first, and then let's talk about the two rumbles. Um, I liked just just up front. I liked the uh, women's rumble more than the men's rumble, uh, but I really have to say that WWE. AEW, any wrestling company, I'm not trying to be a fucking dick, but if you have the response from an audience like they did in Tampa, where it's like, I, what, did they all take somas before they came into the fucking thing? I know that you're tired, but there's only fucking four matches. Yes, the Rumbles both take a little bit over an hour themselves. I get it. And they were good for certain positions, like they popped where they needed to, but for the most part, this audience sucked. And I'm sick of that happening where it's really not – and maybe it's a little bit of the arena itself. That could definitely have something to do with it, with the sound. But I've heard arenas, you know, 
football stadiums that still had a very loud response. Take note of this type of shit. It's happened in cities, too, with both AEW and WWE. If they don't give you a great response, fuck them. Let's go to a different city that you don't normally go to that's close to there or some shit. That's all I'm trying to say. But um, what do I know, Chris? I will say, like, they were good on – they did the natural fan response to the rumble spots, right? So, like, the countdowns and stuff, they were fine. But, like, it, this may just be a product of what WWE has booked. So, like, the main event, like, no one thought anyone but Roman was going to win. You know what I mean? Like there, there. At, at some point, I can't blame the audience because there is predictability. Predictability is not raw, like bad, but it can kill the audience. Like no one went into that match being like, "I think Orton has a real chance here." <laughs> you know what I mean? Because the story is Cody's going to win the Rumble and go against Roman, and that's been the story they've been telling for two years. So it's kind of one of those things where it, it's it's hard for me to get on the fans of. In Tampa, you know, even if they're like not let's not say like uh, super marks or anything, but like if they've been watching the product since last WrestleMania and the story is Cody's going to win the Rumble and he has to win the title at Mania and The Rock might be coming back like it kills like half the matches they have there. Yeah, to you Tampa fans that are out there, Chris gave you. Good reasoning. I think you sucked. I don't think you did your part. I'm sick of cities just being quiet and fucking flat. It's if they like that, we'll we'll go somewhere else. Sorry, I, you know Atlanta has a lot of shows. We're pretty fucking up for for, for wrestling. That's why they always come to Atlanta. So uh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. I, I have I have been to a Rumble in Atlanta and it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Bring it back. I want to go to a Rumble. Uh, but we need to get Mania over here first. Yeah, can we get can we get Mania at the Mercedes? Have you you've been to Mercedes Benz, right? I have been right across from it at that uh, music venue, the uh, Roxy. But no, I have not actually been inside. Can we get like the Optimus Prime butthole of Mercedes Benz opening up to a WrestleMania logo and do that here in Georgia? Uh, that'd be great. Also, it was Andre 3000 yes. doing the, uh, the um, singing Oh Beautiful the, <laughs> That'd be amazing. with a flute. The reunion. <laughs> that's, that's the real tag team. <laughs> Xavier Woods is the manager of Outcast. Yep. Uh, <laughs> no, no. That would, I mean, yeah, we, we deserve a mania. Atlanta deserves a WrestleMania. We got a Super Bowl. We deserve another WrestleMania. Um, especially now that the ceiling works on the uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the Optimus Prime butthole joke is that thing like rotates like a like kind of like a garbage disposal. So if you ever see it from like a like a drone shot or something, that's kind of what it looks like. So uh, yeah, let's get let's get one. We have a Super Bowl. Have a WrestleMania here. This is like seventy-eight. I think it's like seventy. Wrestling is weird because, like, at a football game, I think it's a 78,000 stadium. But there's the giant field in between. And then wrestling, they include, like, you know, another ten to 20,000 seats on the floor because it dials all that stuff back. 
uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's get that going. That can be the theme. You know, I have to get another fucking song from Weekend. Um, it's Spody Dope Delicious. You know what I'm saying? Spody Odie Dope Delicious. Sorry. Do you think? Oh, uh, going back to the free agent conversation before I forget, because uh, it just came up in my head. Uh, do you think one of Okada's uh, contract negotiation chips with WWE is like, yeah, but I gotta have a match against Sean? Because remember, he was like, I always wanted to wrestle Sean Michaels. HBK is one, one of the people really pushing him to get there, so that would be fucking awesome. He's like, I'm out oh. here working at the gym. Don't mess with me like that. Don't take one of my favorite wrestlers of the old and the new. Just not going to happen, man. Don't get my hopes up. It'd be Brett um, versus Sean. It would definitely be a Brett versus Sean match, but it'd be really great. Yeah. Well, he does have – he has qualities. I've always said Okada has qualities of both the, the Hart brothers in certain regards. He pays attention to the way that Brett kind of makes impact happen more, kind of like how Brett always kicked his leg and would slam people down on suplex. But then he has a lot of the uh, – well, maybe he has to do with Owen. He is one of the best drop kicks in the business. That's, yeah, I was going to I was gonna say the, the drop kick is Owen Hart, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um. But yeah, Dude, when he, getting back when he, to this. When he, when he went, when he hit that drop kick, it, not to go back to this match because we talked about it previously, but at Wrestle Kingdom where Brian worked over his arm so hard and he hit that drop kick and he went to do the pose and he couldn't lift his arm. God damn it. Okada's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's absolutely incredible. One of the best wrestlers. And is the reason why I just want him with WWE. I think that he would be happy with AEW and, they would get great use, but I feel like Tony would get him for like a like if I was Okada, I'd want to be doing like a two, maybe three year extension. And Tony's gonna to want to get like the last good years of his career, basically, and that kind of I don't know. I want him to get to WWE eventually. He'll be fine in his forties because AJ Styles is a fucking monster. Look at him, but yeah, I don't want I, I don't want Tony to have oh I got this action figure, yay, and then. The rest of his 30s are in that are in AEW. Is that does that make sense, Chris? No, it to, it totally does. I'm on the same page with you. And also, he, he's talked about wanting to wrestle Punk, and I'm like, I want that. I mean, I'm not a huge CM Punk fan, but I want that as a wrestling fan. I want him versus AJ Styles again. If I'm being a real yes. dick about it, <laughs> you know, like that's that's the honest answer. Like we don't know that Kenny's ever coming back, and that's the match I would want out of AEW. Outside of that. Okada versus AJ again. Such incredible chemistry beforehand. I, I would love to see that. There's a lot of great guys. I'd love to see Okada and Randy Orton just to see what the fuck happens in that scenario. Him and Roman, because kind of like how Moose is the TNA and how Moxley a lot of in a lot of ways is the AEW. You know, Okada and Roman have been the two representatives of their companies. So there's a lot of great places. Him and Seth, but yeah, him and AJ again. Uh, him and Gunther, like o- Okada versus Sammy. Orton, Okada versus Orton would be Okada versus Shibata, basically. It'll be the same yeah. style match, but with like WWE spots. Yep, but they're both their reaction time is is uncanny, and I think they would flow really well. And they both don't have to do a lot to do a lot, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, we'll see, man. I, him and Cody, 
You know, uh, there's a lot of options if Okada comes to WWE. That is the most exciting concept. Like, as much as, like, Mercedes Monet, I'm excited to find out where she goes. Or Hammerstone. There's a lot of guys I'm excited. But the number one definitely has to go to Okada. Whoever gets them are going to make some fucking money with them. Yeah, you think Will Ospreay is, like, texting him every day, like, hey, bro, please come. (laughs) He's not not saying bro. He's going, hey, bro, please come to AEW. Bruh, bruh. Oh, got the attendance tattooed on my arm, bruh. <laughs> Remember, the attendance was wrong. He got it tattooed for Wembley. Yeah. <laughs> Poor fucking Will. He's gonna, he'll make sure that it's, it's like that next year. <laughs> Dude, um, I love that. I was like, I so want babyface Will Ospreay now <laughs> after watching that. <laughs> God damn it. Fucking got the cuts. <laughs> Yeah, it's just funny. There, all right, yeah, all right. He's serious. 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 Let's let's get on it. Let's talk about this first championship match because they went before the U.S. one. Um, I I guess that makes sense because putting the world championship, I can't. So Logan Paul and Kevin Owens was basically the filler match, if you will. Uh, Best but match that ended up being, a, yeah, that ended up being a fucking great match. Uh, really good wrestling. Uh, just storytelling. But Roman, AJ, LA Knight, Randy Orton. I mean, I'm just going to say what is pretty much said. Bro, I knew this was going to happen. They were all going to do their moves. It was going to be fun watching how they position everything. Um, I thought LA Knight shined in it, though. You know, people are wondering if LA Knight's still over. I don't know. If you're if, if we still somehow get, in, like, with your scenario and Cody isn't going for Seth, and convinces Roman for another night, and we have Seth without someone, the person to stick in there might be L.A. Knight. And maybe that for Gunther as well, because he's he's still fucking over, man, uh, with that audience. And he's going against people like AJ and Randy and and Roman and kind of getting a loud response compared to them. So uh, I, I definitely noted that. We had Solo come out. He, you know, fucked up a couple of them and then tried to take out AJ. AJ moved and he went through uh, one of the barricades on the outside, taken out from the match. We had a cool spot where they got stacked the way I thought they were going to get stacked when Roman was going to win, but AJ almost got the win. Um, at the same time, stacking him just seems like it's a waste of time and you should just go for the guy that's gotten the, the most fucked up the soonest. But uh, yeah, uh, kind of out of nowhere, Roman uh, nails AJ with a spear. One, two, three. I mean, yeah, that's it. we saw it going this way. There's going to be interference with his bloodline family, probably solo. That was going to lead to his win because of distractions after he kind of got his ass kicked by all three of them, especially at the beginning where they all just beat the shit out of him. That was pretty funny. Um, but it wasn't a bad match. Very predictable. Who Who is the female Fink? Uh, oh, the, um, Ricochet's uh, wife or girlfriend. Um, God damn it, I love her too. Like, I, like I, I'm in love with her. Sorry, Ricochet. Um, I can't remember. It's okay, Ricochet. We all think your wife is gorgeous. Uh, she's great at her job, but she almost yes. got killed. <laughs> almost got killed by Solo Sokoa. Man. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's the one thing I remember about that, where like AJ dodged it. One, he hit, he totally hit the Samoa Joe on that, like the walk away. You know, when when guy goes for crossbody and Joe just moves, AJ totally just did that. 
But like Solo Sokoa is moving like a hundred miles an hour when he went through the breakaway barricade thing. I thought he was about to kill per- poor girl. <laughs> she was like, "Uh, <laughs> go back and watch it <laughs> again because it's it's worth a rewatch." But Jesus, um, fun match. I mean, the problem is is uh, we all knew what was going to be the outcome and. They didn't do us any favors because every multi-man match in WWE is no DQ. So it's like the only thing that would have made that match like really pop out is like, like we were talking about earlier. If you, if Jacob Fatu or something showed up to help Roman, like some kind of added spice, it didn't need it. It was a really good wrestling match, but you just kind of the entire time there was no believability that like Randy Orton would win or, uh, you know, AJ would win or whatever. Uh, yeah. AJ, AJ, AJ like took some youth pills uh, in this match. How old is AJ Styles? My God, man. He is 46 years old. He's turning 47 this year in June. There, so there was a spot where they teased the RKO out of nowhere um, with, with, with Orton. You know where he did the uh, the phenomenal forearm? You know how AJ, sometimes he teases it before he jumps and he doesn't actually jump? They did that, and Randy kind of did like a twitch with his shoulders. I was like, that's amazing. Because, you know, they hit that spot the last pay-per-view. It was like AJ got smart. I was like, God, AJ's so good. <laughs> Randy's Great storytelling, because so I remember that happening and, and seeing that and being like, oh, okay. So I'm not doing that again, you asshole. Yeah. I mean, that's that. Because they do doesn't cuss. Um, yeah, yeah. It was a good, it was a really good wrestling match. Uh, it's just it was hurt just because there there's only so much storytelling you can give us when we know what the outcome will be. That that is the one problem with yeah. Orton right now, you know, or not Orton uh, Reigns right now is that, and it's actually more of a problem with Cody. Then, because you've told us the storyline has to end with Cody winning a title, so either either way of which they were going to go with this, you know Roman has to hold the belt till Mania. So this match is kind of like it doesn't mean anything. Would it have been more beneficial? Um, and I'm looking over the Men's Royal Rumble. I think you could have shit things a bit in order to for this to happen, but. Just Roman goes against Randy because they hadn't had a match and then just had AJ and LA Knight a part of the Rumble. I mean, you could have just had straight had Orton win and then do Orton versus could've. Cody. So Orton versus Cody at WrestleMania and you still get Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania. There's multiple ways you could have got there, right? But I just could have won a no, no plan or being, uh, you know. Oh, what's the South Park character, superhero? I, I mean, there's definitely a reason why they're not like, yo, high profile match, Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton, because they basically both work the same style, and it would be that Edge Orton match all over again. Yep. All right. Well, ne- the next match for the U.S. title, our beautiful, wonderful, just wonderful guy. Wonderful guy, Logan Paul, the U.S. champion, going against Kevin Owens. 
I love the ending on this. I thought they beat the shit out of each other. I don't know this 100%, but I don't know why they aired the interview. But I think WWE took it down, but some other websites had it. But there's this awkward interview afterwards where it seems like Logan's concussed or something. Like, you know, Kayla just asked him a very basic question. He can't even fucking get his head back. Then again, he could have just been gassed from the uh, the match itself. But uh, I took, it, this, I took this, it as I took it as he was selling. Okay, yeah, and I I can see that too. Um, not that he's like the absolute best at it, but I think that's what he was doing because like he's like, bro, if you get hit with a pair of brass knuckles by a grown man, you're not gonna be all there, <laughs> you know? Like I, that's how I took it. And you know what? That's the thing is that Logan is taken off so well as a wrestler, his selling, his his just his knowledge and understanding, and also how he works with the crowd. It's fucking crazy. It really is. I mean, I've heard from Jim Cornette even. This is probably someone taking it on as fast as, or maybe not as fast, but as wait, fast enough compared to someone like a Kurt Angle. Like, hasn't been someone like that that has, you know. Logan's fucking really good, man. This match was awesome. Him and Kevin Owens killed it. And I love the ending because there's that distraction by the guy that I have no clue who the fuck is, but I don't, I'm not a big fan of Logan Paul outside of wrestling. And then you have uh, Austin Theory um, and Douche from Australia come and give the the nuts. And, you know, KO was able to get them, knocked him out, and kind of old school, just very old school concept. He's got the nuts on his fingers. One, two, referee sees the nuts, disqualifies Kevin Owens, and we can move on probably to Elimination Chamber. Hey, they might ride this to Mania. They might make this a few, like, and I have no problem with that. I like this where it's Kevin Owens maybe loses and some bullshit at Elimination Chamber, and then he makes his case and gets to WrestleMania against him and beats maybe Logan Paul for the U.S. title. Um, you know, Kevin, even though it's a lot of stepping on the title, a lot of history with that title as well. So uh, I like this feud, man. If it keeps on going, I'm down, and I liked how they ended it. Yeah, the only problem is like when they're like, "Oh, it's this guy with Logan," like like you said, the interference spot, because like literally uh, all of the like wrestling fans I talk to through messages and stuff during every pay per view, uh, no one knew who that guy was. Like, who the fuck is this guy? Because if you don't watch like the YouTube or know about his brand, like you'd have no clue who that guy. Like if if you do that same spot, but it's Jake Paul, maybe it makes more sense you know yeah. <laughs> um but yeah that was the only problem with the match is but it's whatever like logan paul gave you gave you a lot and uh the only thing i didn't like about it is it made kevin owens look like an idiot baby face because like uh you did the same finish sting has had this finish before uh where he gets the brass knucks away and hits the guy and the, normally the baby face, the one-upsmanship would be to tuck it in the other person's shorts, like after you hit them, like while you're pinning them, you tuck the, <laughs> you tuck the knucks in their shorts so that they're loaded. That's like, ah, I'm smart. But WWE and well, actually all of wrestling, they just make all baby faces look like idiots. If you're a good person, you're a fucking idiot apparently. But uh, that was my only problem. The, the rest of the match was great. I like the trading of the senton bombs. Kevin Owens was a fly. Yeah. 
flying in this match. And uh, as far as like the person that took on to it the best wrestling wise, let's look at some of Logan Paul's opponents because they have really given him some of the best people you could ever work with. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, not that Logan true. Paul's not not that Logan Paul's not great, but it's just you know, uncanny how well I think that the biggest thing, Chris, to me is. His selling ability. He gets it. Like, that's the biggest thing is some wrestlers don't even get how to sell, really. And he's able to sell. And I'm not just talking about him getting hurt. Like, excitement, fear, all on his face. That usually takes, like, next level. And then he's fucking athletic as shit. So I I just don't – I didn't think he was going to be this decent. We were talking before, like, hey, you know, maybe he'll be a good guy to have – Every once in a while. And it's like, no, he's doing full time. He hasn't had a shit ton of matches. But every time he shows up, he shows out and he's got the fucking champion. And no one really, I mean, we're all against him because he's a great heel. But, like, no, I don't think, I could be wrong. People are probably bitching he has a title. It probably has to do with stuff involved with his personal life, too. But I guess I'm able to disconnect that type of shit. Yeah, I mean, the only reason Logan Paul was a hill to me was the filming the Japanese suicide. Yeah, that that when he was like, what was he like twenty then? This was so long ago. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, and also he's like kind of PewDiePie to me. Like he's one of those cats. So it's like, eh. but uh, as far as like him as a wrestler. Like be like that works well for him, right? Because I already hate him, and he's he's really good at being a douche. Um, yeah, he so. embraces it. He knows he's a douche, and he's fucking just completely like putting it out there as a character. Also, like not the biggest heel in that company <laughs> in real life. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> so. I love that I'm going to wear a, a, my number one Charizard perfect print card <laughs> instead of wearing bling. It's pretty incredible. He He's just like a really uh, – also, shout out to the guy that just had a giant sign that says Prime Sucks. That was <laughs> his entire he sign. He's a fan like, of uh, Rick Flair's energy drink. Yeah, he was like he was like four or five seats back from Green Shirt Guy, who is dead center. Let's fuck Green Shirt Guy as well. But <laughs> he didn't hold a sign up the entire night. Logan Paul came out. He just had a sign that said "Prime Sucks." I was like, that guy's incredible. <laughs> so shout out to that guy. Um, great match, dude. Kevin Owens. Uh, they did a lot, uh, but they were able. The thing about a Logan Paul match right now is that he does spots. And uh, I think Kevin Owens has probably done the best job of telling the story between those spots so far. I think this was probably the best Logan Paul match. Not that any of his matches have been bad, uh, but as far as like telling the story, I think Kevin Owens has uh, did the best of dragging that out so that like Logan Paul's spots made sense. And like you said, Logan Paul was incredible at selling. And it's probably because he's been hit in the face before. That goes a long way. Like, if, you, if you're good in wrestling, maybe get into a fight beforehand so you know how it actually feels when you do get punched in the face.
looking at you, Young Bucks. Also, I think you're on mute, Dane. I figured it out. It was a it was a long process. All right. Well, uh, I guess we're ready for the Royal Rumbles. And like I said, to me, when it came to just more fun I had with it, and definitely the audience was more into it because of the first match on the card. I thought the women killed it. Uh, there's a couple in here we'll say that might have been uh, Miss, Miss Dupree, I'll just say right off the top of my head, that we might have been able to have another call-up from uh, NXT. Uh, but other than that, I mean, the, the stars there, were the stars, like, there, the good wrestling. There's like two or three people they should have just also, if they're going to do a deal with Impact, should have just like replaced with Impact Superstars. <laughs> In this match, sorry, yeah. I had to get that out. Yeah, the body put badass in the fucking thing. We could have had, yeah, that would have been cool. And that's definitely one of the coolest things about this. That's a talking point, I think. What is, you know, we had Mickey James, but I think that was different. She had a past with WWE. They wanted her to come in as a legend. This was very, very different. So, what is the maybe future relationship with TNA and WWE? Is there anything there? Because I think that TNA has been smart with their partnerships. They still have one with, you know, New Japan, even though, obviously, um, you might think that that would be something just exclusive for AEW. And AEW seems like they get some of the bigger stars, but uh, that's worked out for them. They're working exclusively with um, AAA. So we've seen some really great matchups for them, too. But what I'm wondering, Chris, I wonder if there's any communication with someone like a Triple H or is involved with these, you know, with people that have been let go that were WWE stars, a lot of them have ended up over in TNA Impact. And now with the rise of TNA and them trying to find a better station for them to be on and doing a lot of good stuff, Scott Demore is a very smart businessman. I wonder if it's like, hey, you know, for this type of situation, the Royal Rumble, we're, we want to expose Jordan Grace. You know, who, whatever happens to her once her thing's up, you know, that, that could benefit either company. But we'll do this sometimes, and we're going to try to direct some of our guys that we don't, if we have to let them go, maybe that's been presented in the past. I'm just wondering if there's some type of partnership or, or at least between Triple H and Scott, you know, maybe some understanding between because even though I understand that the men's, it was harder to get an extra person in there as the women's, God, I was kind of hoping that Moose would be in there as well. That would have been a lot of fun. But if we get this like in the Royal Rumble, or maybe a New Japan star comes out next year, I just think that Hunter has a different perspective. He is trying to work with New Japan. Um, he has talked to All Japan as a company as well. Uh, it seems like he's trying to have some type of relationship with companies outside of WWE, which is very unheard of for WWE, Chris. Man, I really hope there's more crossover uh, between the two companies. And, you know, they did do this at the – the thing is, like, with Mickey James, I didn't really – I didn't think about it as an impact thing. I think it was like more of an apology to Mickey James for the way they fired her. Uh, whereas like, I think this is more representation of like, we need some big hoss ass females. Let's get Jordan Grayson here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, it felt different. 
Uh, I know a lot of people were like, well, it was kind of like they already did that, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, but for me, it was like a really, it's a really big deal. Jordan Grace is like one of the best female wrestlers on the planet. So like if she could be highlighted, <laughs> highlighted more, that would be great, you know? So, um, I, you know, I, the women's rumble in general. So like with Jordan Grace coming in and, uh, like Jade Cargill, the way she came in and stuff, my wife was watching it with me and she was like, this is like empowerment. Like, she was like, this is awesome to see these females do these feats. And then when she watches AEW, she hates it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I think that's the that's the goal, right, of what they're trying to do. And, and I think Jordan Grace kind of is a perfect example of that to some extent. Of uh, Even if you don't watch Impact, but the way she came in and the way she presented herself and, and throughout the entire Rumble. And I, I'm glad that, like, so... With Mickey James, like Mickey James was kind of like it was a big surprise entrance, and she was kind of like a nothing burger in the match itself. Jordan Grace was in there for a while doing like some pretty big like apron spots and stuff, like throughout the match. I was like, that's pretty cool. Uh, so uh, the women's rumble in general had better and bigger surprises to me than the men's rumble. Because, like, Andrade coming back, we all knew he was coming back. He already, like, said, oh, sorry, AEW fans, I'm gone. (laughs) So I assumed he would show up. You know, like, like the surprises that Mel Rumble had in, like, the spots. There was a – there was – there was a couple of – God, not Tiffany Stratton. I'm trying to think of the other person that came up from NXT. They came in and they just, like, you know, they have, like – when you come into the Rumble, you always have, like, your – it's almost like a hot tag when you come into the Rumble, and that person just botched every move. And I'm trying to think of their name. That kind of drug it down a little bit, but uh, yeah, I don't know. WWE's women's is, is incredible. It's it's ridiculous, yeah, especially and- when you look at AEW. I know they're trying to rebuild it right now, and they do have some good stars there, but it's like it's not even close of which one I'd rather watch. Didn't Dave Meltzer, of all people, compare it to 2000 WCW at this point? Oh, he compared AEW. It was attendance. Oh, so that's not good so, too. Jesus, that's, that's yeah. So the the I, I saw that posting around, but it didn't have it in context. What he was comparing it to is that they went from like selling out like forty thousand, like basically Turner Field or or what we call Phillips Arena, so like a basketball stadium, right? So like 30,000, 40,000 seats to like we can't get 2,000 people in this giant building that we booked, which is a current AEW problem. And uh, I think I'm going to a Dynamite taping in March. Also, March 6th, they're going to be at Gas South, which uh, for those out there listening that has no idea what that is, it is a minor league hockey arena. Essentially, and I'm gonna be curious on whether they sell more tickets than the Gwinnett Gladiators, or I technically the Atlanta Gladiators now because they changed their name. But uh, as someone who has been to that arena multiple times, I am curious on what that is gonna look at, look like, how it's gonna set up, etc. I do know that they um, 
they have done things in the past to try to boost. They just recently fired their live their live ticket person, right? Or their live booking person or the guy that books these arenas and books these live events. So maybe it will be different. But I do know, like, uh, if there's only 2,000 seats available in a 20,000-seat arena and you're, you know, charging me $50 for it, at some point you're the problem. Yeah, no shit, man. <laughs> so, uh, and you're charging me $60 for your pay-per-views. Uh, not, I mean, like, I appreciate what AEW's doing. I'm just like, do you really... You have a very core audience. Do you feel the need to fleece them every time you come to town? Maybe, I don't know. I always I always felt like back in the day when Jarrett was in TNA, like they would roll through center stage and the tickets would be like 20 bucks, which was, that's reasonable for going to see a, an impact taping. Because we're not even talking about like a pay-per-view. We're talking about an episode of Dynamite. So like 40 50 bucks to get in the door at Gwinnett Arena is ridiculous. Yeah, that's 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 nuts, man. Uh, well, we we've got plenty to talk about when we get to their stuff um, after this, but yeah, just getting back to it, um, I just I I think that it's I don't know. I mean, maybe I should be positioning this to you. Um. You know, we have, like I said, there's large rosters. Has there, you know, maybe been any communication when certain wrestlers were going to go? You see that a lot of them, Fandango, blah, blah, blah. They ended up over at Impact. Maybe it has nothing to do with it. But if they have certain wrestlers that need some shit to do, instead of putting them on NXT, maybe there's a possibility they could pop up our Impact. Or could we ever see maybe TNA versus NXT for a pay-per-view? Would that be beneficial to WWE? If not just being able to make wrestling fans happy, um, which I think could work because they're the ones that buy shit from them a lot of times. I mean, I think there's definitely the, if they want to explore that avenue, I don't think it would be a bad idea for WWE or Impact because they have the number one Impact guy of all time, AJ Styles, on their roster, right? So yeah, th- you could easily do the story of like, hey, here's AJ versus uh, Alex Shelley. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, what about Nick Nemeth? <laughs> yeah, like they yeah, Nick Nemeth. Um, and then you have the uh, the offshoots of like um. Let's say we do Chad Gable versus uh, Josh Alexander. Who's the best wrestler? Oh, you know what I mean. Like there, there is there is a or lot. Jordan Grace that. versus uh, Ivy Nile. Like let them have it. Yeah, it, I mean you get Jordan Grace versus Rhea Ripley, champion versus champion. You, there's a ton you could do. Like here's some big hosses, basically. Moose versus well, Drew McIntyre again. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Well, he hates the term forbidden door, unlike Tony. Triple H hates that, but maybe, and he kind of was asked this at the press conference, maybe there could be more to come. So it's cool that at least he's willing to keep that door open. But I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Triple H firing shots at AEW just subtly is hilarious, by the way. Yeah, he's uh he's 
decent at doing that, you know? Not yeah. as direct. It was like, I guess, like four or five pay-per-views again or ago when he hit that. He hit that classic line. He's like, "Congratulations, they beat our, he beat our developmental program." Good job. You, you guys get the Wednesday. You also <laughs> took the show that came directly off the fucking <laughs> app that we had. He's like, "Yeah, ratings would be better if we had a Big Bang Theory lead-in." <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Um, no, no. I mean, but like literally like AEW goes out of their way to try to shit on WWE a lot, which now you kind of have a lot of fuel to do that. So, um, yeah, now it's a little bit different. I wonder how long uh, Tony's going to be able to handle himself. But yeah, like Triple H, instead of them doing it on the product, he does do these press conferences and he'll find a way to drop like one line. <laughs> and that was his one line that this uh, this press conference. So like the next I, press I conference. Don't think, uh, I don't think we need to call it a door. <laughs> I don't think forbidden doors. Just you know, I don't. I don't I'm, I'm just not a big fan. I mean, it's it is possible. Um, I, I'm not even gonna make that joke because the big man stuff was so bad. But I was gonna make a forbidden door joke, and that's why he didn't want to talk about it. So internalize that, listeners out there, and, and you can either laugh or not laugh. But there you go. Well, let's uh, let's start this thing and talk about this rumble because I'll, I'll just kind of um, should we name all the participants when we get to certain things? Just shout it out, I guess, based on a situation or an incident. I'll try to remember some of the big things, obviously. I don't think we need to name everybody that came in. It was literally just their roster plus Andrade. Oh, no, this is the women's. Oh, the oh you weren't there. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Uh, the women's? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eh. Once, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, go, let's go through it, because I, I probably did forget some participants. Um. All right, so Natalia's the first up. Second person coming back, Trinity, Naomi, set up. Great reaction from the crowd. Um, and she almost, dude, she almost did the whole entire rumble until she got eliminated by Jay Cargill. But love seeing Naomi, Chris. Her entrance is back. She started crying with the crowd reception. And then we'll get to her, but when Jordan Grace came out and they hugged each other, that got a big reaction. So, you know, you get a lot of uh, smart fans, I guess, that know about the two of them and their feud leading up to when, you know, not, good job by Corey to note that they had a, a feud and uh, Naomi dropped the belt to Jordan. And then they started beating shit out of each other. What was it like seeing uh, Naomi back? It was incredible. Like the natural reaction she had, to, exactly what you were talking about. Her natural re- reaction to how big that pop was, uh, w- was f- it was really fun to see. It's it's always fun to see people like, I know like keep it kayfabe, etc. But it is fun sometimes to see uh, that reaction, especially in a big moment like that. So like y- you could tell, and uh, Natalia could tell as well because she immediately started working heel. <laughs> To start the match out, which I thought was like, <laughs> Natalie was like, yeah, there's nothing. Natalia was like, there's nothing I can do <laughs> to be babyface in this situation. 
Um, I thought it was a great response. The, the Jordan Grace spot was also really, really great. And uh, the only thing I would have done, you know, bringing her back in, I would have called her Trinity. She went and proved herself somewhere else. It's it's a real name too, and it's a way cooler name than Naomi. And real. everyone knows because of Total Divas that she's married to an Uso. So yeah. And that on the fucking television show that she's more popular on, especially by the women audience, she's called Trinity on the goddamn show. Whatever. I'm just going to. But, yeah, great seeing that happen. Um, and let's just keep on going. Bailey's next. We obviously know Bailey's the winner. We'll, we'll get to that at the end of it. But she was at three. <laughs> Candice LeRae comes out at four. Five. Let's talk about Jordan Grace. Really cool well, moments. Jordan. Real quick, I want to go back to Natalia working heel. Uh, there was a spot where she just started working Naomi's ass cheeks, so she couldn't hit the rear view. Well, if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about that too, uh, <laughs> the spot where that Bailey commented on early on is uh, she commented where she got all of her 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 outfit, like her boots and stuff like that, what company and whatnot, and then it had. A uh, picture of her with Naomi taking, basically being up in the turnbuckle and had her legs wrapped around. I'm, I'm describing wrestling people. Calm down, all right? With Bailey and shoving was, Bailey, smacking off her ass, and she it was said, a "Head scissors into Naomi's ass." That is what happened. That was the actual wrestling maneuver. <laughs> she said, "My lunch uh, dedicated to Naomi." So that's. Uh, that was a statement. I definitely laughed at that um, and kind of felt also envious of. Anyways, uh, just, yeah, that's a lot. But you were amazing. like, man, I would human centipede that. <laughs> Didn't think that. Well, actually, would I care that much? Yeah, no, no, I don't want to be human centipede. That's weird. All right. Anyways, so, so Bailey's out. Candace is out. Jordan Grace. And that's why I'll try to remember some of the bigger things with each person. Jordan Grace, great showing. Uh, they talked about her on commentary and really went into detail, put over TNA, uh, talked about her feud with Naomi, leading her to coming into this. Um, she had a great – I loved some of the situations she got herself in, uh, whether it be kind of having a stare down with Bianca, having the spot with – uh, Ivy Nile, where she ended up because Ivy couldn't keep up uh, correctly. Shit happens. She ended up being the superior one within that as well. But that was kind of cool. They both suplexed someone at the same time. Uh, her and, like I said, they're hugging, and then her and Naomi. <laughs> I love that Grace was like, "All right, fuck it, she didn't get up on time, so she just did the suplex anyways." <laughs> Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> good, because I hate when people wait around for things. Like it's not your fault they fucked up. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. And just um, the beginning with her and Naomi, they're they're hugging and they start just beating the shit out of each other. It was it was good. And then apparently, from what Mickey said, uh, Mickey James said that Jordan told her that idea of getting um, what the hell is uh, Bianca's move. The KO? No, it's not the KO. The KOD? Or, I know what you're talking about. I don't know. That, like, it's like an initial. But her doing it on the apron was Jordan's idea. So she wanted to do that, and that's how she ended up getting eliminated. But 
just a great show, showing for Jordan Grace. And honestly, she looked like a star. She blended into WWE superstars, no problem. So. Yeah, blended in. She looked great. I love that she rocked like this is TNA's colors in the Rumble and came out with the title. Like good showing for TNA in general in the Royal Rumble. And like I said, if you uh, watched last night's, well, two nights ago's Impact, uh, they had a whole video package of talking about how big and how important yeah. it was that and how she wanted to represent TNA proudly and to get eliminated by Bianca. That goes a long way, right? Cause yeah. like Bianca is not a scrub. She can get eliminated by Tiffany Stratton, for instance, not that Tiffany Stratton's a scrub either, but you, you know what I mean? Like a former champion. She's new. Yeah. Like she got eliminated by Bianca who had one of the biggest spots in the match later on. So it's, it's uh and she wasn't in there for like five minutes. That's like the, the Mickey James thing didn't mean anything. Right. Like the, the Jordan grace one, you could like, well, at least that makes sense because like if they want to bring Jordan grace in later, or if they wanted to do like a crossover, like you were talking, it's like, yeah, you eliminated me at the rumble, but I was in there longer than, you, you know, cause you have that story because Bianca came in after, Jordan Grace had been in there for a while <laughs> by the time she got eliminated. So uh, very good storytelling. I will say that. Yeah, just good stuff all around. Big ups for TNA for having that happen. Like I said, I understand why, because they only had so many spots, but I would have loved to have seen Moose uh, come out to his music. The whole crowd probably are a good chunk of them doing the thing and then maybe like having a chop off with a uh, Gunther, but Hey, maybe that's something in the cards for next year. So we'll, we'll see. And we'll see if this partnership actually be, is any more than just like a Royal rumble entrant every once in a while. And now that they're in uh, all puns intended, good graces with Jordan grace. <laughs> hey, if you've been looking for your Crispin Benoit, uh, Brian Danielson, next guy, call, call Jonathan Gresham. Get him in WWE. Yeah. Great. Bring the that Leviathan shit, in. Bring the Leviathan in and really WWE that up, like presentation-wise. Be incredible. God, that would be awesome. He's so good. Land native, you know. Such a badass. Both of them are such a badass. And you know what? And she was talking on Busted Open. I just want to say one more thing. She said, you know, there's plenty to happen for her and obviously Jonathan in the future, but they're both happy that their number one goals have been accomplished so far. Jordan's was having a big, you know, style show like that, especially the Royal Rumble, which was their favorite uh, pay-per-view out of them. And she got that within her career and, Obviously, Jonathan's was winning the uh, Ring of Honor world title, and he did that as well. So they're even saying, like, you should take the picture of her and kind of put it with the title, like, in a, you know, somewhere in their house together. But happy for Jordan, and I'd love to see Jonathan get some. I, even in – he's in TNA. Like, I'd like to see more of him. I don't know if he's injured right now currently. I know he's been doing some stuff in Atlanta, um, but I don't know. But definitely think he's a badass as well. I, I think that, you know, when he retired, when he when he was like, I retire, it was more just of the, if I remember the story correctly, 
it was because they immediately wanted to strip him of the Ring of Honor title and give it to Claudio. And both him and Tully left at the same time because Tully was his manager. So I am assuming that he was just disenfranchised with wrestling in general. Because, like, his retirement wasn't an injury or anything. And then he didn't work for, like, six months, and then he started popping up. Uh, yeah. And, and, Especially and, in DNA here and there. Yeah, and, and I absolutely buried that at the time of, like, that is a waste of what you could have done with Jonathan Gresham and Tully Blanchard as a duo. Uh, but, yeah, like, whatever. It's done. It's over. It doesn't matter, I guess. But Jonathan Gresham's great. I would love to see him in WWE. You want, you want, like, a, you want like, a Chad Gable guy with, like, a look and individuality and all of the other stuff that Chad Gable doesn't necessarily have that's Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Six Indy Hartwell, seven Oscar. So one of the things that happens with this is that we have Kari Sane and Oscar that end up in this Royal Rumble after and this will kind of follow to the what happened on SmackDown. Uh but Oscar they weren't supposed to be in it. Bailey was supposed to go in it and win it. So that kind of makes it seem like they didn't trust that she'd be able to pull it off, even though both of them got eliminated. Um, got eliminated, but, but not by Bailey. So they didn't do the cheap ass tactic of like, oh well, you know, you're on your own in the Royal Rumble. That's normally how they set that up. But Bailey didn't touch them on the eliminations, which I really appreciated. And after being annoyed that they were there and she, they, they were helping her, she was pissed off that they both got eliminated too, which, which was good. I like that. Um, Ivy Nile, I already talked about the spot she had with Jordan Grace, uh, Katana Chance, um, and then we have Bianca Belair come in. And Bianca was a fucking beast in this match. Um, you know, we talked about the Jordan Grace spot. We'll just talk about the one she had. What did you think about the stare-off with her and Jay Cargill? Because... Inc- incredible. Warrior Hogan was... Yes, dude, 90 Warrior Hogan, the exact same thing that happened. Like, it looked like two badasses. Yeah, my wife pops so hard. She is a very casual, casual watcher of wrestling. And she's like, this is amazing. Like, women's wrestling is a real thing. And she pops so hard for that. And I popped for it, too. I was like, this, that's incredible. Yeah, do that. Um, Jade Cargill is not even in the same stratosphere as Bianca Belair as far as in-ring work goes, but sometimes that doesn't fucking matter. Like, the yeah, star... Warrior I, wasn't in the same stratosphere as Hulk Hogan. That's why he told yeah. him exactly what to do and made the fucking match. Yeah, yeah, but, like, as far as star power goes and the way that looked when they're both bench-pressing, or not bench-pressing, but pressing people, gorilla-pressing people above their head, it's a great spot. And it was very old-school... And I loved it. I was like, this is incredible. Like, I want to see those two at Mania. Like, that, that's immediately what I thought. Like, regardless of a title, I was like, I want to see. That's a money match. And that's what you want out of the Royal Rumble. Like, even if it's not tied, you should be building other stories, right? And that, that's a story I want to see. Uh, it, was, it was great. It, phenomenal spot. Good job, WWE, on that. And if they can get the match better, which apparently she is getting better, um, 
from stuff I've heard, you know, when she's actually being trained and whatnot at the performance center. So if they can get something like that at Mania, I would be down for Bianca and her to have a match. I think that would be badass. It also uh, shows how great a shape Bianca is in. Because, like, Jade Cargill in AEW looks like a monster. <laughs> but in WWE, her and Bianca doing that at the same time, you're like, oh, she looks like <laughs> they're, like, kind of the same size. <laughs> you know yeah, what I Bianca's mean? Bianca's just, like, a little shorter. That's it. Yeah, just a little shorter. But, like, shape-wise, and that's not even the biggest female they have on their roster. Like, Charlotte Flair shows up or Maria shows up. You're like, okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, not not that that matters. I'm just I'm just saying like there is a there is a juxtaposition seeing Jade Cargill in AEW versus WWE because there is a there's other stout women in WWE. Yeah, no, there are, and we'll get to one of them coming up. Um, Kari Singh, I already talked about her, but she came out next. Tegan Knotts. Kaden Carter, so now you had kind of two tag teams being able to work with each other with Tegan and and um, and, and uh, Natalia do their thing and, you know, allow Chance and uh, Carter to do some of their stuff. But Chelsea Green's next. Chelsea was to me, well, it's funny. I can't really say she's the R-Truth of this Rumble because R-Truth was the R-Truth of this Rumble. But she was definitely one of my favorite comedic spots outside of our troop, I will say. Uh, just her, because we'll have Nia Jax coming out soon after this. At Piper Niven's next, then Zylee, then Zelina Vega, and then Maxine Dupree, then Nia Jax. And basically, her and Piper are trying to work Nia Jax, and then every fucking thing happens where it's like a comedy where Chelsea Green just gets destroyed. And then she accidentally gets destroyed by Piper, and Piper's like smacking her in the face and trying to get her back up, and then I thought it was, I know that some people Piper, probably found it immature, but I thought it was hilarious. Piper, Piper caught her and then fake dropped her so their feet would touch the floor and then brought her back in the ring. Yeah, that was funny. She was like, ha! Uh, <laughs> just kidding. That was a fun spot. Like, I like that. Chelsea Green is a comedy character in this realm of wrestling. Uh, so Great, though. And she is. There, there's always room. I've said this. It is important to have a good mid-card comedy talent. One of the best-selling merch people of all time is Hurricane, right? Like, there is room for that on your wrestling show. Can't everyone be, you know, can't everyone be Becky Lynch? So, like, finding your niche and being really good at it, there's something to be said about that. Uh, Chelsea Green's niche is I am the hard truth of the female division. <laughs> <laughs> as you so eloquently said, but you're not wrong. No, an is awesome. We'll get to him when we get to, uh, I think it's what, uh, 24. Um, yeah. All right, so Trevor uh, Nevin, Zylee, Zelina Vega, Maxine Dupree, like I said, definitely someone that came out and botched pretty much everything she had to do. And probably should not have been in the Royal Rumble, to be honest with you. She's great as a part of that package and as a valet, but she seems a little bit too green, in my opinion, for her to be in the ring when we could have had someone like the uh, NXT Women's Champion or, I don't know, several other NXT talents. Um, or or just like out. 
for just like anyone on the TNA roster. It kind of came up with Jordan yeah. Grace. Um, that would have been cool too. Yeah, um, she was she was really rough. Next person's Nia Jax. She literally eliminates throughout the course of this. I think nine people, eight. Uh, but you know, I have criticized Nia a lot before. Uh, I don't think that she's graceful by any means, but I think she's worked on some of the things that she needs to work on, which is not fucking destroying people and a little bit more graceful, I guess. But she's also, I can't deny it. She's a good heel. Like people don't like her. I don't like her. And bro, every um, one of her bumps were awful. Anytime she almost got eliminated was like the most excruciating thing to watch. Yeah, she also did not go up at all for either of the persons that were trying to slam her. Um, and Jay Cargo was like, well, fuck it. And she just fucking took her and took her out. Yeeted her. <laughs> like, she's like, all right, well, you want to land on your head? That's on you. Just fucking tossed her. <laughs> I'm done with this shit. Uh, yeah. She that's, was, that's uh, pro- like, look, it is hard to pick up someone heavy, but, like, Jade Cargill is a beast. Like, an absolute athletic beast. You went up heavy. That's what happened. <laughs> like, I don't even think she went up. I think she just stayed where she was. And yeah, That was my point. Is like, that is not on Jade. People were like, well, the, the, the spot. And I was like, are you talking about the Nia Jack spot? She does that for everyone. <laughs> That's why Charlotte's, like, elbowing her in the fucking head. <laughs> like... Uh, but she did imp- she did look imposing, and it was like a – I think that's the way to – if Naya was more – I don't even want to say more willing. Well, maybe it is more willing because how much training can you get at something, honestly? Uh, if she was more willing to just get good, she could be like the king of the women's division. If she yeah. would just like try to get a little better. <laughs> you know, like she – I feel like I could go in, like, n- not having touched a wrestling ring in years and years and years. I feel like I could go in and have a better match than uh, Nia Jack. I, I feel like I, you, Becky could fuck me up in a match and it would look better. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And she definitely, I don't know, we have Nia Jax attacking Rhea Ripley. When I see my Bailey was going to call her out. That's definitely at least leading to elimination shame between the two of them, I'm assuming, because Nia's claiming that Rhea's not going to make it to WrestleMania. But um, her and Becky kind of were going at it within this. Um, you know, we have Shotzi come out at 20, then Becky Lynch. Bailey's facial expressions when Becky's music hit was great, by the way. Yep. Oh my God, <laughs> she had been in there for so long. Uh, they didn't do because they were trying to put over Naomi so hard. They did not do Bailey enough justice of her basically doing the Ric Flair to win this thing. Because what Bailey was oh. third. Yeah, she was. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, she was third, just like Flair. Yeah, it was the it was the Flair spot. It, it was literally the entire thing was the Flair spot, kind of like the way it. Well, ended. you just said that, dude. So that same exact situation, a little bit different because there was no one in the ring, but remember when uh, fucking Boss Man eliminated himself in the Royal Rumble, basically? And then yeah. it was just Flair, and then 
three, two, one, and you just see Rowdy Rowdy Piper's music hit, and just eyes locked, and it goes back to Flair's on his knees, like, please, come on, Piper. And fucking Piper's in there, and just wails on him, gets him to the fucking corner, starts wailing on him, bites him on the face. Good shit. Yeah, my wife, uh, she's a big Bailey fan because uh, she loves Dusty Rhodes and Bailey loves Dusty Rhodes. And she's like, you think you think Dusty's looking down from heaven, just really happy that Bailey won a Royal Rumble. And I was like, oh, man, that, that hits me in the fields. Uh, but you that that is there's so many spots of that where it's like she did the Ric Flair Rumble. Basically, if you. If you look yeah. at it in that context, she just did the Ric Flair Rumble, which is great. You know, no one's going to complain about that. But uh, she also Chris Jericho'd the shit out of this Royal Rumble. <laughs> She'll show up, take one bump, and then be gone for like 10 minutes. Uh, she did save a couple there, of spots. There was a lot of stuff like that throughout this, both these Rumbles. I will get into how I feel about the structure of the Rumbles post Pat Patterson and how people need to find shit to do a little bit more. Um, there was one spot where like uh, it was a toss over spot and people got tingled in the ropes and Bailey was like, Oh no, they fucked up over there. <laughs> she just ran over and just like, like basically bumped herself without anyone touching her to like distract from it. I was like, Bailey's so good. <laughs> Yeah, she, she is fucking excellent. Um, Becky comes out, then Alba Fire, Shayna Baszler. All right, 24 hits, Valhalla comes out. Well, she's halfway there. Our truth's music, I can't, dude, he just, he's fucking ridiculous. He's one of the only guys that can get comedy over in fucking wrestling nowadays, but runs to the oh, ring. So-, <laughs> so committed, goes past fucking, you know, uh, Valhalla, she's looking at him like, what are you doing here? And fucking Pierce has to run to the ring while this is happening. And he's, you have R-Truth outside going, what the hell? Where's the guys? And then gets in, gets eliminated, quote-unquote, by Nia Jax, who was already, uh, you know, tussled with them when she was in the men's rumble a couple of years back. And then gets proceeded to be told by Pierce that he's not in this, that this is, and he's like, so where are all the guys? This is not the men's rumble, Truth. It's the woman's. Oh, my bad. And because of the distraction, Valhalla gets in, gets immediately eliminated and thrown out by Nia Jax, and then is trying to chase our truth back to the back. Um, yeah, man, <laughs> this, this is comedic gold. This is hilarious. Whoever came up with this shit. Oh, God. I love what this was shit. more hilarious, this spot or <laughs> the fact they sent two female referees out to stop AOP? <laughs> And they had this. They had to sell like, oh no. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't even remember that. <laughs> or just the fact that Paul Ellering showed up for two seconds and got paid and left. <laughs> hey, good on you, Boo Boo. Get your money. <laughs> Paul Ellering, the uh, <laughs> the Lenny Poffo of WWE at the moment. Um, uh yeah yeah no, no. It, it, so dude i'm really digging valhalla she's got looks she's good in the ring that's the thing is like so we go back to the nia Jax thing 
anytime you discredit Nia Jax as being just terrible in the ring, people are like, oh, you just don't like the way she looks. And it's like, well, no, like Piper Niven was in this match and she was fucking great. You know what I mean? Like there's awesome. this, this is not a weight or height thing. It's just Nia Jax sucks at her job. Yeah, man. I mean, you're not even allowed to say that. I'm so stupid. But, like, I'll give Nia. She's good at being a fucking heel. She's good at being her character stuff. But in the ring, I'm worried that she's either going to... It's not so much hurt somebody, it's hurt herself. Because she just can't do a lot of the shit. She can't do anything, dude. She can't go up for a body slam. Yeah. Like, I, I jump a little... Like it's not. Yeah, I, I, no, I agree. I completely agree. It's um, you know, it's it, but but anytime you criticize her, you get the backlash of the community. It's like, oh, you just don't like her because she's like a big girl, and it's like that is not the case at all. I don't like her because she sucks. <laughs> well, I think I, the online wrestling community, community man, I just don't like them. So I guess we're on an island by ourselves. Yeah, I'm you like know, a we have like. Like boar and like fucking all this feasting stuff, and they're eating fucking cornflakes. You know what I'm saying? And also, I'm sticking with the conspiracy. The only reason Nia Jax got rehired is because they wanted to do this contract thing with The Rock, and that—that's literally the only reason. I'm not saying that's a weird conspiracy. That's for damn sure. But um, at least right. she's not crushing. At least she's not crushing Rhea anymore. <laughs> yeah, no shit, man. Oh shit! All right, so Valhalla, Meechin, Zoe starts. I like Zoe and Shayna's new like. I guess they're trying to be like the female powers of pain. That's cool. I'm down for the tag team, but they were kind of just there to wrestle a bit. Which is Shayna, honestly, at one point was such a badass, and she's been watered down so much. Um, but they what are you gonna her, do? They at least gave her some powerhouse spots in the match, though. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, then, uh, Roxanne Perez came out, um, Jay Cargill comes out, huge reaction, like, even Jade said herself, like, she had no idea that people were going to give a shit about her that much, so that was pretty damn cool. Jade, we already talked about her and Bianca's spot, her fucking taking Nia and just chucking her out of the ring like a fucking rock. Um, yeah, the crowd lost their mind, but it wasn't even, like, anywhere near as close as how they lost their mind when like Naomi showed up. It was like almost overshadowed. You know what I mean? Yeah, they both got a big pop, but I am surprised Naomi got such a reception she did. Uh, but hey, and also, you know, because Black History Month, uh, it was really cool and they definitely worked with each other. Bianca Belair, Jade, I ex- and, I, uh, I actually and Naomi. To, I expect and Naomi, to and Naomi were right at the, you know, end and they were all wrestling with each other. Yeah, for some reason, I thought you were just going to delay a little bit, and you're like, so anyways, Black History Month, our truth because he just inserts himself into everything. Uh, but yeah, no, it was... It was nope. Yeah. <laughs> it was a... Um, uh, but yeah. it, it was a great... I think this is the best female Royal Rumble I can remember. Honestly. And it, it sets up had- a good story with... Uh, with Bailey for sure. Yep. 
And like, you know, Jay Cargill, then Tiffany Stratton, and then Liv Morgan was the last person. The last four being, well, we had Roxanne and, and Tiffany kind of taking their feud out in the ring. And uh, Roxanne Perez got eliminated by Tiffany, and then Bailey took advantage of that. And then it was just Bailey, Becky, Jay Cargill, and Liv Morgan. Becky got eliminated. And then out of the last three, I liked how they ended it with, you know, uh, Liv Morgan on the apron taking out Jade and then getting pushed right the fuck off by Bailey. And Bailey wins. Bailey is your winner of the Royal Rumble this year. It's great. It's a great spot. Um, yeah, I'm just not a big Liv Morgan fan. So I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, Great spot for Bailey. What do you what do you do with her at WrestleMania? Who's she challenging? She'd be dumb if she challenged Rhea Ripley, I guess. Well, she's she's going against Ia based on last night. Um, well, we so that that should be good. Yeah, I was I was playing. So she yeah I was I was I was playing anti spoiler. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. So Bailey is going to get beat down by this group and become. Hugging Bailey again? Babyface Bailey? Is it time for Babyface ah. Bailey? I think it's time for Babyface Bailey. I'm okay with that. You want like 20 wacky inflatable men all the way to the ring? Do you know how huge that pop would be if she throws the wacky inflatable men up at WrestleMania? Yeah, she's got to update it. I don't know if the side ponytail is going to work. Um, uh, dude, I think it will. Nostalgia. It'll hit people right in their nostalgia, and they'll be like, that's the reason we liked Bailey when she was in NXT. She's the underdog. So Brian Danielson it up. If they're going to do that, that'd be incredible. Uh, she has a lot of odds to overcome with basically all of the greatest wrestlers from stardom <laughs> to, to, to fight against. <laughs> like, He's is Julian going to show up and screw her over? Like, can we, can we, silly, let's take a second to just talk about the fact that, like, everyone always talks about women's wrestling. WWE's the only one that's like, yeah, you know, you know how to get really good at women's wrestling? Just sign the best people from other companies. Oh, shit. They literally have Asuka, (laughs) Carrie Ojo, they just signed Julia. (laughs) Like, they have EO. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they, they just let Stardom. They're like Stardom is their ECW right now. <laughs> it's just signing. Uh, anyway, Star, Stardom and I guess TNA. Um, but yeah, good Royal Rumble. Um, Bailey was awesome, and uh, I'm looking forward to her and EO and her coming back as a babyface. Uh, do we want to now go over the men's rumble? You got another one, by the way. <laughs> another one. Um, yeah, I would have replaced one of those people with Masha if I was Triple H. That would have been cool. Well, yeah, well, then take out Maxine fucking Dupree. That's what I'm Instead saying. Then we get Masha Slamovich. Like, yeah, that would be great. Just in there, T-Bone suplexing everybody. It'd be amazing. Uh, outside of that, the women's oh, rumble. I, I would have popped. Good spot. Good person to win. I think Bailey was the honest fit with Charlotte being injured for nine months or whatever. 
and, and Charlotte, hope you get better soon. Sorry about your knee. Also, stop doing moonsaults. You don't need to. She really doesn't. Uh, especially because no one ever catches her. <laughs> she just has to land on her feet. From Imagine jumping from like eight foot up and just always landing on your feet. Because it's not like anyone ever catches Charlotte on that moonsault. Ever. Especially when she does one from the, the top rope to the outside. I know that's not how she hurt her knee. Which actually just is like more incredible that she's not hurt her knee previously just doing that spot because she just slipped on the ropes and it hurt her knee. But like it it's insane to me that she's still doing that spot as Charlotte Flair. Like it's kinda like when Kevin Owens breaks out something crazy. It's like, why are you still doing that, bud? Like, calm down. Um but yeah, like uh I, I think Bailey was the uh a babyface Bailey title run building up to maybe, you know, her versus Becky or her versus Charlotte, et cetera. I mean, that's still, that's still money, right? Or she wins the title. As soon as she wins the title at WrestleMania, uh, Sasha comes back. And then you finally get the feud. The feud we've been waiting for for the past. How long have I, have I been yelling about it, Dane? Is, is that is that what's going to happen? That would be awesome. We have an actual heel Sasha Banks versus an actual babyface Bailey on the main roster. It's not like that didn't work somewhere. Don't fix it. Yeah. Uh... I do want to put this out there before we move on. If you bring Sasha back with Naomi being back, please do not just throw them in the tag team. Don't do that. Triple H, I believe in you to not do that. (laughs) Just put them on separate rosters and ignore that that ever happened because they're both good enough on their own to uh, elevate your women's division and uh, maybe just delete your tag titles in general. Yep, and now Naomi is on SmackDown officially. Um, there's not one other female that was added on. Oh, um, we just talked about her. The blonde, uh, Tiffany, Tiffany Stratton. They're both on SmackDown. And we have Andrade. And after last night, it looked like Braun Breaker might be going to Monday Night Raw. So uh, interesting stuff on both sides with some of these unsigned talents. Uh, now, and Jake Cargill is another one that I think is expected to go to SmackDown. But let's get into the men's. Is it is it weird that like there's more women wrestling stars in WWE than there are male wrestling stars? Well, I like, don't know about that. As far as top level people. I mean, in the, compared to the men's? Becky. Bailey. If if they get Sasha back, Sasha. Charlotte Flair. Like, yeah, to some extent. Because, like, I don't count... Like, Randy Orton's old news, right? Like, AJ... Yeah, you know, if you take... If you take AJ Styles and Randy out, for sure, but then you still have Roman. You still have... Um, what, what's his Cody. name? Cody. Uh, Honk, he just got re-signed, so 
Buck's kind of like Randy Orton, though. He's kind of from the previous generation. But no, I, if, I mean, besides that, though, uh, L.A. Knight, um, Drew McIntyre, Sami Zayn, Jey Uso. See, I don't uh, think that I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't think that like Jay is on the same level as like a Rhea or a. This is a separate conversation. We should just move forward because like the, this is an offline conversation, probably. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, we'll get too distracted. WWE, yeah, the, the the women's division in WWE is doing really really well, and it could be Absolutely. doing really really well in AEW as well if they took the time to actually build female superstars and not give them four minute matches and uh, go hard black to white, uh, color to black and white to color to black and white. And uh, maybe not have like Thunder Rosa having her first match on TV at a hundred miles an hour when obviously she hasn't wrestled in like eight years. And she can't do half the shifts that she used to be able to do. And where the fuck is the, the, the dentist doctor? And uh, what else do I have questions about? Thank God I mean, Serena Deeb's back, and thank God Deanna Perrazzo is there. Yeah, Deanna's, like, number one contender. She's won two matches. I'm like, how? Like, we'll get into that. I love Deanna. This is not this is not anything against Deanna or the storyline. It's just, like, what? No logic. But, all right, let's go into the Men's Royal Rumble. Um, men's is still fun. Audience was definitely exhausted at this point. Uh, cool start. Very, I guess, demolition-esque, if you will. That's what it reminded me of from uh, Royal Rumble 89. Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso start off the match. Uh, love the contrast between Jay and the whole audience. Jimmy come out like a dick. Jay lasted fucking forever. Almost an hour. 15 minutes and 55 seconds. Um... Only eliminated one person and got thrown up by Gunther. Jimmy had he had a little bit of a strategy, you know. After Grayson Waller, well, comes out at three and they double team. He thinks, hey, if it's another heel, I can work with that guy, and proceeds the whole entire time to get his ass kicked by pretty much all the heels that he tries to befriend throughout it. So that was cool. And then four, we had Andrade come out, um, which. Was good. Definitely liked his stare off between him and um, Santos Escobar. I thought that was pretty cool. When Santos thought they'd what, be what cool, it, and he told him to go fuck himself. So, so what happened with like whatever the hell they sent him out into the ring with? Did he just bring a mask? Did they not like talk about this beforehand? Because like Andrade's like matching attire, entrance gear, this big moment was like kind of all over the place. Not gonna lie, I don't remember, but uh, no idea. Probably many fucking reasons. I, I probably um, would. I wouldn't have debuted him in the Rumble unless I was gonna have him to win, because I just have a lot of respect for Andrade, and I think he can be like a huge superstar for you. And uh, I probably would just not have debuted him here. But that's a that's a whole different argument. Uh, I guess. What was that really cool spot with? Um, who did he have? It might have been uh, Ludwig Kaiser later on, but he does the uh, Three Amigos and tries to do the third one out of the ring, but it ends up not working out for him too well. Um, then Carmelo Hayes. I thought Carmelo looked really good in this. Uh, dude's got a shitload of potential on the main roster. I'm glad that he eliminated Grayson Waller, kind of 
putting old rivalries within this uh, for NXT, so that was kind of cool. Um, like so, I, and, so, so when he came out and started hitting all his spots, I wrote Carmelo as the new Kofi spot. Could have happened, man. Uh, I was, you know, after the last two years, Kofi, I guess, has finally said fuck it because he didn't try to go for a spot this year. Because unfortunately for him, the last two years he accidentally screwed it up. So, but yeah, I could see him doing something. They don't have uh, John Morrison, so that's they definitely need a new guy to do those style spots. Yeah, I didn't mean just like the highlight spot, but I mean like the guy that goes into the ring and he hits like six high spots in a row not the elimination part yeah i should have yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. better but like carmelo went in and he had like a ton of high spots it was like this high uh high point in the rumble of like him coming in and just running a thousand miles an hour and hitting all this crazy shit um i was like oh that's what kofi used to do like he's, he's like the new kofi uh Rick, yeah, he was awesome man i would have put ricochet in way earlier uh, we'll we'll get to that though. Yeah, I can agree with you on that. Next, we got Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, I'm gonna say it, man. I like Shinsuke. Um, I think that his package presentation has been good. It just seems that if he can't do strong style, he's like I've seen him woof his punches and kicks so much lately, and it was really apparent during this. Um, I think he has really uh, a problem of either connecting too much or not connecting at all now that he's getting a little bit older. Is is that fair criticism, Chris? I think that Shinsuke just doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I've, the, the I, I've said that since he came to the main roster. I was like, I honestly just think that he was ready to retire to begin with. But he also just likes surfing in Florida, so might as well get a paycheck. Yeah. Um, Santos Escobar, we said, was next. Um, you know, look great. I'm glad that they're going back to how it was. You know, they even had the vignettes. One of them was on last night with him, uh, Angel Garza, um, and uh, what's his brother's name? Humberto Carrillo, kind of mafia style in a restaurant. Um, you know, that's, I think, better. And it's cool with the LWO, even though obviously he was with Raul Mendoza and, uh, and Joaquin Wild. Now he's positioned with two guys that are actually, he's known since he was a child. And you got Carlito with the other two, with the LWO, and we'll see what happens for Mania. I'm sure that's the direction they're going. Karrion Cross comes out, and then Dirty Dominic Mysterio comes out, and the reaction and hatred for Dom. I mean, it's pretty fucking amazing, and I'm glad CM Punk was the one that threw him out. I thought that was pretty fucking hilarious. It was great, and Dom, like, was really good in that rumble. If you go back and just look at Dominic, he did a lot of things that he didn't have to do. He was way more active than other people. Uh, it's kind of the thing I brought up earlier where everyone just does the Chris Jericho where I lay down for 10 minutes. Dominic did not do that. Like, I don't know if he talked to everyone that was in the rumble, but I'm pretty sure that like, until he got thrown out, he took a bump off everybody. <laughs> Dude, uh, did he come over and fucking give Gunther a chop just to get his fucking 
brains chopped out by Gunther right afterwards. Like, that was pretty cool. Yeah, just for no reason. He's like, all right, well, Gunther's in. I guess I need to go take a chop. He's like, he went from the other side of the ring over to Gunther. Gunther's like, oh, he's here now, and just chopped the shit out of him. Yeah, that was, uh, he, he was great in this. One of the I, MVPs, I, I think. I, I want to say Dominic was great in this Rumble simply because he was just not lackadaisical. This is why I hate Battle Royals uh, and, and Rumbles in general. Well, now modern times, because it's just, especially since they introduced stats, where it's like, well, how long did you last? And how many have you been in? And all these things, like, who cares? The last one minute and you win it, you get a title shot. <laughs> like, no one throws the Stone Cold Steve Austin, like, or the John Cena stats up there. Of like, oh, they were in it for five minutes and won. <laughs> like, you know, like, who cares? It doesn't matter. It's like, well, you were in the Super Bowl the longest, but you never won. So, like, you, no one cares about that. No one's going to remember that you were in there for... So anyways, if you're going to make yourself memorable, Dominic did a good job because he was, like I said, I'm pretty sure he took a bump off everyone that was in the Rumble <laughs> up until that spot. And he also constantly trying to hit the 619 was, like, hilarious. Yeah. And the hot tag. That was pretty funny. Oh, God, we'll get to that. Um. Carlito was next, like I said, then Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley and Karrion Cross had some bullshit, and they basically eliminated each other. Yeah, and their feud uh, to keep on going, so that was that's why they were there. That sucks for Bobby, because we didn't see a lot of cool spots with them. Uh, Louis Kaiser was next, doing his little uh, fucking strut to the ring. I'm not sure. Like, he looks like a mom trying to power walk or something. Uh, Austin Theory was next. Uh, I, I, think it's, I, I think it's I think it's supposed to be like a Nazi Germany walk, but without like doing the full salute thing. I don't I, get I, that out of it. I just get he's fucking. No, you know, you remember those old videos from like the forties where you see the like the hard kicks with each leg. I think he's like kind of doing that a little bit. Like I don't know. It comes yeah, off. he's not he's not kicking his. He literally looks like a woman power walker. <laughs> That's why Walter is so mad. Stop. <laughs> he's very mad at Ludwig for getting eliminated when he comes out later, and he scolds him. Uh, but yeah, Theory's next at thirteen. Finn Balor, fifteen happens, and this is where I think the Royal Rumble really picked up. Uh, Cody Rose comes out. Um, just looking fucking so goddamn baby-faced and smiling like an idiot. Love him. Uh, we have Bronson Reed, Kofi Kingston, Gunther's out next, and then Ivar. So the big dudes fight. Gunther and Cody are going back and forth. Kofi's jumping all over the goddamn place. Uh, and then 20. Uh, so I guess this was supposed to be Brock Lesnar's spot. That's what we're hearing from people. Well, they decided to bring up Ron Breaker and allow him to just annihilate, like, a bunch of people um, and just I, look I fucking not, amazing in this. So I did not hear that that was supposed to be Brock's spot, but they did a way better job of bringing up Ron because it, it's about good fucking time, and he looked incredible in this thing. 
uh, he stiffed a lot of people getting his shit over. (laughs) A lot of people sold to him. (laughs) He's a signer, so I kind of expected him to. (laughs) The motherfucker Uh, takes out Omas at one part. That was pretty goddamn impressive. Uh, And I like how it kind of leaves open an idea of maybe a feud for WrestleMania with you know, him being a second-generation wrestler and another second-generation wrestler being the one who eliminates him uh, after his spree of taking people out with uh, Dominic Mysterio. So I'm wondering if they're going to do anything with that. Um, yeah, it was that was fun. That was uh, – Braun Breaker was awesome in this. The juxtaposition of, like, Lashley hitting a spear versus Braun Breaker hitting a spear – was hilarious because like Lashley barely touches the guy and does the rollout. <laughs> Braun Breaker Braun spears him like, like Goldberg. Yeah, like, he's, he's he was trying legit, to kill him. He was legitimately like the the cutoff thing he did like after he got eliminated. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> poor, poor oh, guy. when he killed a uh, fucking JD McDonough. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, he killed McDonough. <laughs> Like, like I, I'm not saying J.D. McDonough is not good at selling, but that was not a sell. That man just got murdered. <laughs> uh, well, all right. So let me set up this concept. Uh, Omos is next. Uh, looks just like a fucking monster. Him and Braun Breaker look like they're about to go at it. And we also have Gunther getting up out of one of the corners, uh, you know, about to get up. And Pat McAfee. Now, Pat claims that he didn't know this was going to happen, so it was all improv. I highly doubt that. And most comedy stuff, like I said, annoys the hell out of me, but I actually get a chuckle of this because he gets in the fucking ring, and all of a sudden he noticed that the only people up are Braun Breaker, Omos, and Gunther, and they're all staring at him. So what does he do? He jumps out. Then he's like, fuck it, I'll do it. He jumps back in the ring, and then he eliminates himself. That was, uh, that was a pretty fucking funny spot, so... They could have given that fuck to so and so. I get that, but it's Pat. I love Pat, and it made me laugh. So fuck me. I don't know. So when they started doing the Michael, so when Michael Cole started talking about, uh, I'm the only announcer that has the longest reign or whatever. I thought they were gonna call out Pat to enter, like enter the Rumble, and then he would just never go into the ring. And then show up with like the last three. <laughs> that would have been funny. Which, which I think would actually have been just as funny, but it was really like his reaction of like just walking in because it put almost and all the big guys over. Like he was like, oh, fuck this, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, for any person, if you got in the ring and there's Omos, Braun Breaker, and Goother staring at you, yeah, I don't think you're going to fucking stand over here. You're going to shut the fuck up. Yeah, I would have done the same thing. Well, no, I would have done what I just said. I just stayed at the announce desk. I'm like, well, you can win it just as much out here as you can in there. (laughs) Wait until Boother comes out like, what are you doing? No, you have to get up, get in the ring and compete. He like chops the fuck out of him and drags him inside just to throw him out. That would have been funny. I mean, like, it's it's no DQ. I'd probably come in with like a taser Scott Hall style and (laughs) get my mania match. Just wait till the very end and just tease everybody. I'm just saying, yeah. like, you know, as soon as you start putting logic into the Royal Rumble, you're like, oh, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a funny spot. 
I think it would have been funnier just for him to beat like Michael Cole by like three seconds. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I love it when they get back to the thing and he sits down and puts on his headset and they're like. And I think Corey said something like, I was hoping that Gunther would chop your face off. And he goes, how big is that fucking thing? Like, waiting for the airport. But it was just so, like, they're like 7-4. And he's like, oh, my God. Like, he just, he, his, he's great at selling it on commentary. I'm very happy that it's going to get used to, or it's going to get some me getting used to for Corey to be the play-by-play. Or, yeah, the play-by-play commentary with uh, Wade Barrett. But I think that's going to work out well. But I love that we have Pat McAfee and uh, Michael Cole again on Monday Night Raw as the uh, announcing team. Until August. Yes. Or and then late. Hopefully that one guy doesn't suck as much. Then they can trade him up again. They fired, they fired him. The British guy, he's done. He's fired. Oh, damn. Yeah, oh. He, got, he got fired uh, – he kind of got passed over because of all of the other WWE things. But, yeah, he's gone. I didn't think he was bad as a backstage commenter, but I would way rather have Byron a part of a commentary than just put it up. Um, so he came off – like, have you ever seen, like, early NASCAR where they had, like, the F British guy doing commentating on it? No. And it was just no, I didn't. weirdly – okay, so – it was just weirdly out of place. Like, yeah, I guy, think they wanted an Alfred this. Hayes. I think they wanted an Alfred Hayes, but uh, they, they didn't get that. Exactly. Yeah, so that's the thing. It's like it's, it's like the guy could be a good sports commentator, but he definitely doesn't care about wrestling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where it's like. This guy was probably good at whatever he did beforehand, but probably not great as a commentator. Uh, well, we're going to talk about it um, after. You know, and I, I don't know. They, they seem like to just want to have two men in each booth, and they have the three they want. And I like that idea, too. But, you know, we're, we're going to talk about it. CM Punk, obviously injured from this. Here's the other tricep, the opposite one that he did when coincidentally he got bolted up a little bit in AEW and tore it on the other side. I think that maybe I'm assuming that he's bulking up a little bit too much and that's what caused both of them. I'm not a doctor or a muscle layologist or whatever the fuck. But, so he, um, should, he should talk to AJ and Randy and get all whatever gas they're on. <laughs> so. Something like that. You know, yeah, it was, it's weird how all three of them came back really. It's like, whoa, were you guys hanging out and taking supplements together? Growth hormones or some shit? Like, yeah, Randy's Punk, always been big, but he was never that big. Yeah, but um, came back like, I just was in the gym a lot. Like, AJ <laughs> Styles and Horton came back like, yeah, we're definitely on the gas, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, with Punk, there's commentary. There's maybe him being, uh, I don't know, uh, Triple H's guide to oversee Pierce and, and Aldis because they're, they keep on fucking with each other or something. Like, couldn't you see him doing something like getting your money's worth out of punk if he can't fucking wrestle still? I mean, there's, there's, I mean, punk as he, he are we talking about just until mania or ad, ad mania or just in general with punk going forward? If he's going to be out 
if he's going to be out, I think they said nine months, then might as well have him doing being the commissioner maybe until Mania or even afterwards. Maybe that's his job until he's healed up or, you know, or he could be uh, doing uh, what you would call it commentary, which I always thought that Punk was good on commentary. Uh, something, you know, I have no idea. I'm just saying, if you have him, you might as well have him part of storylines and keep him afloat instead of kind of dwindling off for a while. Like, this is what Mick did between injuries. It's going to be out for nine months with the tricep tear, though? Yeah. He's not making it to Mania. He said that on Monday. Well, I didn't think he was going to make it to Mania, but, like, nine months? I'll look it yeah. up. I mean, it was nine months before he came. I think it was nine months before he came back from the original one, and then he well, fucked up yeah, his foot. That's right also now. it. Also gets overshadowed because he was punching people in the face. So, uh, I'm this up. <laughs> so, yeah, no. In general, uh, as as far as things, you know, would be fun. Like him and okay, the, so it's Meltzer. Meltzer's opinion about it said that uh, I'd say September is a reasonable return for CM Punk. So maybe not nine months. How many months is that? That's it's out there. If you got him where you can't have him until September, have him do some other shit. That's all I'm saying. Well, you know WWE, they ain't gonna pay you if you're sitting at home. So <laughs> that you don't got yeah. an AW contract. <laughs> I mean, they'll pay you, but they're going to hey, take uh, it end. <laughs> hey, Punk, so uh, since you're at home chilling with April, can you come in, actually, and be the commissioner forever? Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's something like the Punk on NXT, especially in launching to a new network versus HBK, something like that, uh, kind of like what they were doing with Samoa Joe would be really fun. Uh, I, I kind of, you know, like him versus, I mean, they could just get rid of Adam Pierce, but Adam Pierce is also great. So I don't, um, they could well, have just like, punk, punk versus they, the general managers. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like you could just replace Adam Pierce with punk and then you could, well, no, no, no. I mean, in, in stupid WWE rankings, wasn't the commissioner ahead of the GMs or am I getting that? Supper. What the fuck would be ahead of that? But there could be someone, maybe, I don't know. Uh, well, it was a McMahon. Tampering. So, so you would have like the general. Of, and then you'd have like staff or Triple H or Vince. And no, no, no. So like, so like if, because uh, they keep on tampering with each other's talents, that TKO has decided to appoint. CM Punk as the commissioner ahead of both of them, basically, or some shit like that. Because, like, you could see Hunter doing that, but if I was Triple H, I'd say the fuck off television for a while, personally. And you could easily put, like, Punk in a scenario like that, I think. Well, that's what I was getting at, is they fire Adam Pierce, right? Uh, and then yeah, they hire. I, I don't want them to fire. I'm, I'm going. To, I'm negating that concept because Adam no, Pierce no, is awesome. not 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 fire from the company, but like in storyline, they fire. You don't him. even have to get rid of them. You don't. Yeah, no, I don't mean like actually fire the guy. Don't fire. The I guy. know, I know, I know. I'm saying within the storyline, I don't think you have to. Get rid of 
you could make him CM Punk's new guy, right? <laughs> like he got demoted. Uh, and then you could build up to Punk versus uh, Aldis because it's not like, you know, nine months from now, Nick Aldis will still be the same amount of huge. He's also. I hope he's actually fucking wrestling by the. But uh, we're, we're getting off topic. We're we're going on one of our tangents that we do. So let's let's get to the end of the the whole entire thing and wrap this up a little bit. Um, JD McDonough comes out, gets knocked out like we said by Braun Breaker. Our truth comes out at 24, like we should have known because he revealed it the last fucking Royal Rumble. Um, our truth ends up getting JD up and basically sliding him in the ring so he can get eliminated immediately afterwards and. That pisses off Dominic because Jay takes him out. Um, then we have The Miz, and then The Miz and R-Truth do their thing. At, well, that's well, – I forgot the, the tag spot. Gunther has Dominic. He's got him in a headlock, and R-Truth is trying to tag himself in. And finally, somehow, and Dominic goes with it, tags in R-Truth. R-Truth comes in just to get, you know, uh, chopped by uh, – whatchamacallit, Gunther. And then his partner, if you will, uh, comes in next with The Miz. They do their little thing, eliminate someone. And then, you know, The Miz is going to eliminate um, Dominic and get stopped. <laughs> it's just stupid. He gets stopped by R-Truth. Uh, and then Damien comes in. This kind of ran into Monday. Just takes R-Truth and fucking chucks him out the thing, just looking as much of a dick as he possibly could. And basically after his tag match brought out our truth and uh, told him that he, that they were a family and he ain't a part of it. And then they all beat the shit out of him after JD McDonough hit him in the back of the head. Miz comes out. They beat the crap out of them. Are we setting up the tag champions against awesome truth at WrestleMania? Chris, are we trying to, uh, is our truth, I guess the saving Zane of this situation. I mean, maybe. I would hope that he would just be like, yo, why don't you put that briefcase up? <laughs> he beats. Hey, man. Can I get that beats, briefcase? Yeah, he beats Priest in a match for the briefcase, and we get an R-Truth cash-in. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. but he'd cash in on the women on accident. Yeah, he totally would. He'd roll up Rhea with the women's title. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, uh, good stuff, man. Uh, it was, it was a fun. It was a great spot. It was a really fun spot. And Dominic did a great job of selling it. He's like, he's looking at him like, "What are you doing, dude? Just get in here and help me." <laughs> he's like getting, he's getting beat to death. And he's like yelling at Truth, like, "Just get in here!" And Truth's like, "Got tag me in, brother." <laughs> and Truth is doing like the '80s spot, like the ramp up, like get the fans hyped where you walk. Like over the post to both sides at the turnbuckle. It was so good. As far as comedy spots go, it was so great because they had they had given us the they have they have told us like our true crazy basically, <laughs> you know, leading up to it. So when it happened in the rumble, it wasn't like it wasn't as weird as Carlito pulling an apple out of his ball sack. And then eating it. Okay, on, yeah, I oh, forgot sorry. about that. So, are you telling me you keep your apples next to your testicles? Yeah, I don't ever remember no. that being part of his character, but um, apparently. What's worse, the fact that he bit the fucking apple, or the fact that Santos Escobar took a spit to the face? 
Uh, <laughs> never mind. You don't have to answer that. <laughs> it was just weird. It was a, that was weird. <laughs> if I if I All was right. Carlito, right. they were like, come up with an apple spot. I would have just been like, what if I just roll in and give someone a stunner and go to the corner and they throw me apples instead of beers? There you go, Carly too. You can. There you go. Or he could have like you know pulled an apple out of his ass. That would have been interesting. Um, so I mean, we, I mean we, he pulled it out of his taint. So <laughs> we're splitting uh, pubic so, hairs here. <laughs> so after Damien, we're splitting pubic hairs. Uh, CM Punk comes out, Big Pop, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, and then Sami Zayn. Uh, returning. Sammy goes right after Drew. Um, Ricochet gets, you know, he's in for a little while, but he kind of gets eliminated fairly quickly. He's only in for like five minutes, thrown out by Drew McIntyre. And the last of them are Gunther, Damian Priest, CM Punk, Drew McIntyre, Cody, and Sami Zayn, baby faces versus heels. We get down to four, and CM Punk and, um, and uh, what you call it? Uh, Drew McIntyre square up Gunther and Cody. Uh, that's at the part where Punk hurts himself. He gets the future shock. If you guys watched it like I did today this morning. Immediately after it happens. So I think it's when he got stretched. I guess you would say butterfly DDT wise. That actually. You know, um, tore it, and uh, yeah, for like the next part, he was like that. But uh, Punk finally eliminates Drew, and Cody eliminates Gunther. It's now Cody and CM Punk, and Cody wins. First person since Steve Austin, Chris, to win back to back. Twenty six years, Cody wins. Points at the sign. And, uh, yeah, I thought, this is what I wanted, so I can't be mad at it. I love the final six. I think they're six of the biggest guys in the company, and especially the final four. We'll talk about Drew and uh, Punk and what happens on Monday night and the little things that are leading up to WrestleMania for both shows this last week. But what did you think about the Men's Royal Rumble? Uh, I'll, I'll draw a comparison to the Women's Rumble. I think the Women's Rumble was the better of the two. I think there was better surprises. I thought there were some cool spots in the Men's uh, Royal Rumble. I think it really hurt them by having Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and Kevin Owens in a match beforehand and also not participating in the Royal Rumble. Uh, and, and Seth, you know, like... There were some people there that would have made it a little more interesting. R-Truth tag spot was great. Um, The five-knuckle shuffle and commentary specifically really put over that he was doing a shout-out to his favorite childhood hero, which I thought was incredible. Actually highlighted the rumble in general is just R-Truth. Um I, I think the outcome is what everyone expected, right? Like after, with Seth with Seth being on like maybe not able to go to Mania and then Punk getting hurt, I think it kind of 
gave us what the outcome was going to be. It was always going to be Punker or Cody to begin with to win. Um, I think you need Gunther to win this thing next year. Because you've teased him being in the bottom. Like, I've made it this far. I've made it this far each time. So maybe Cody loses the title next year or, or before the Rumble next year and you get that you finally get Gunther just chopping him out uh, of this world. But yeah, I don't know. You need to continually do that with Gunther. He's getting outworked by Cody, I guess, unless you're setting up a title match or something down the road, which would be great. Gunther versus Cody uh, title match. I'm down for that. Um, but yeah, overall good rumble match. Awkward in spots. A lot of people just not doing a whole hell of a lot. The Andrade coming in so early, not really doing a lot, having awkward entrance. I would have, I, I would have probably just not had him come in. Um, yeah, the biggest thing was Broadbreaker to me. I was like, okay, cool, that cements him because he came in and like he was the smaller guy of all the big dudes in that ring with Drew McIntyre and Omos and it's like Braun I, I was like I, you know what I'd rather take on Drew McIntyre I know he's bigger but Braun Breaker got that Rick Steiner crazy in his eyes <laughs> I don't know <laughs> uh and that Scott Steiner crazy in his eyes a little bit of both actually two twinkles yeah it's it's it's, it's a yin yang <laughs> of the Steiner brothers 69 me Don uh, <laughs> no in general dude Braun Breaker is like he went full Goldberg <laughs> the amount of like I don't know if that's going to be good or bad for him because like he was stiff as hell in a lot of the spots he hit in his rumble but it looked incredible you're like oh that guy looks like a credible threat you know like he wasn't just waiting for spots. He's like, oh, there's a dude. Let me just actually football tackle him. Uh, I'm a huge Apparently, Braun. Uh, I'm a huge Braun Breaker fan, by the way. So, apparently, his uh, I think he said his godfather is Goldberg. In all seriousness, he's really close with the the Steiners. But um, yeah, that's one thing I will say. Um, Goldberg Spears looked really impressive back in the day. And he's the first one I remember actually doing them. But that's because he was fucking just fearing the shit out of people. Yeah, like Tom Breaker Gold- seems to have that same uh same uh concept gone. Well Gold- Goldberg was great in WCW, like when he was on his undefeated run, because he was just actually killing people. <laughs> Basically. Brian Breaker is way better in the ring than Goldberg, but when he hits that spear, Jesus, dude. But it makes it great though. Like I don't, I don't know, because like I said, in the same match we saw Bobby hit one, and he does the roll spear where he like hits the spear and then rolls over, so he just like barely touches the guy, which good on Bobby, because like if that guy actually speared you, you'd just be dead. Uh, normal humans yeah. don't don't live from that kind of thing. Uh. <laughs> But, yeah, like uh, a good example on AEW, Edge did that. He had uh, recently he had a spear on that. Well, I guess it was their last pay-per-view or whatever. He hit a spear and he does he does it the same way where you kind of hit the spear and you tuck your head and you just tumble. 
Uh, Braun Breaker doesn't do that. He just spears you. Like, he just legit football tackles you. Like, he gores you like Rhino used to do. It's great. Oh, Rhino has the best, actually. <laughs> Here he is. Yeah, yeah. Rhino's lined uh, up on his. Uh, he didn't send Braun Breaker the message because Braun is like <laughs> legit out here trying to kill people, I guess. Like I said, he, he, poor JD McDonough looked like he got cut in half. <laughs> like. Yeah, 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 that looked pretty fucked up. Not gonna lie, that was, uh, that was real. How did you like? How did you like? And I actually, I kind of, I figured that I know it makes no sense, especially what you're saying about like, ooh, I was in it that long. But I kind of like how they told you, like someone that had been in there long, like while it was going on, how long they had been there. And I like the sports aspect because I kind of see that more as like in a sports thing. I loved having both champions over in different boxes in the audience watching the end of the rumble of like what was going to happen and pivoting to them. And then when you have Cody pointing to Roman Reigns and him looking pissed off, I thought that was a lot of fun. Paul Heyman's shock and dismay during that was my favorite thing ever. I just selling. God damn, dude. Paul Heyman's amazing at selling. What was the you, you remember that like the, the was it a beaver or, or uh you remember that like it was like 2006 YouTube the where, the, where it would like turn and stare at you it's like old old clip that was Paul Heyman's face <laughs> like yeah like, huh? it really was and then he handed the title slowly back to Roman <laughs> like he's like I know you need to hold this up but please don't kill me. Paul Heyman is, dude. Paul Heyman is the best manager of all time. I'm gonna stand. I'm gonna stand on this now, for sure. After like the past ten years, he's the best manager. It's not. It's not even close. Fucking great. He's incredible. Um, I I love Cornette. Love Bobby Heenan. Love all those guys. But you know what? Paul Heyman is a manager in the world of wrestling where there are no other managers <laughs> and it's it is on the biggest show and has made the most money. It's hard to say that you know, Paul is not the best manager. <laughs> I'll say this. And I know Jim puts both of them over him, um, which is Jim being humble. Cause he was a great fucking manager. Obviously if you watch any of the shit that he did, incredible manager, but I think Bobby Heenan is Ric Flair, what Paul Heyman is to Shawn Michaels, if that makes sense. And no, I don't know what Bobby does. Well, I, I don't know how Bobby obviously felt about Paul. I'm assuming that while he was still alive, he liked Paul as a manager or whatever, but I don't know. But I know that Paul says Bobby's number one. And then you have the relationship. Shawn's favorite wrestler of all time is Rick. Rick says Shawn's the best of all time. So it's, it's a weird... Uh, but I think that comparison-wise, that that's how I would put it. Yeah, no, no, it totally makes that totally makes sense. Uh, with Bobby Heenan, in my mind, I always see him as uh, an announcer, a like a, com- a commentator, because I grew up during yeah. the time period where he was a commentator. You know, like yeah, but who well, signs he on? <laughs> well, even even in WWE, I mean. Yeah, he was obviously one of the best ma- managers, but every time he got on with Gorilla Monsoon, it was gold. They were announcing stuff, so. He's like when he was managing fucking Ric Flair in the Royal Rumble. 
and his reaction like, no, no, you know, and just freaking the fuck out. All Gorilla Monsoon's giving him shit. Beautiful stuff. I, but, I yeah. we didn't. He is the or not Heenan, uh, or fuck. Now I can't remember his name. Paul Heyman. Uh, yeah, Heyman's the best. Star. Because Heyman also has the fact that. Dude, I mean, right, let's go through the list of wrestlers that Paul Heyman has managed. You know what I'm saying? Like Dangerous Alliance. You got Austin. You got fucking Arn Anderson. You have Rick, Rick Rude. Rude. Gee, what a team that is, by the way. WCW managed uh, Medusa. And then the people that he represented from ECW once they got to the main to WWE, which mostly was what Taz, Rob Van Dam, Rhino, all the fucking guys. Um, and then you have Paul Heyman guys like Brock Lesnar, like fucking um, you know Roman Reigns, CM Punk, um, the Big Show. Like yeah, he's he's and then he's one of the best writers in fucking wrestling too. So all of these, the not to go back to the lawsuit stuff, but all the lawsuit stuff is like stemming around UFC, former UFC champion. What if it's the guy that wears the, I can't think of his name for whatever reason. Remember the guy that got fired? Cain Velasquez? Yeah. What if, what if it's not Brock and it's Cain Velasquez? And Brock is just Kane became friends with Vince in that small period amount of time where that was. I mean, who knows? I don't think so. He, I think he's in jail anyways, isn't he? Isn't it? They're they're trying to get him out, but he's in jail that's for. That, uh, that's that's why they don't want to name him because he's already in jail for. Which also like we we talked about that on the pre. Like I get it, dude. Shout out to Kane. I get it. Yes. Absolutely. We, we talked oh. about it and we're just, we're joking because I mean, the description is a former UFC heavyweight champion. And it's like, oh, well, there hasn't been many of those. What were we, Dan Severn? Well, I mean, Kane. Yeah. No, Kane, yeah. like, right? But yeah, I'm saying like, the only people are Brock Lesnar, Kane Velasquez, Ken Shamrock, and Dan Severn. Well, Kane got released during that time period, though. That's what I'm I saying. Yeah, they I don't were, know. I don't he, know if I could. He did, he, did, he did one match, and then he got released. Like, no, I know every – the obvious answer is Brock, and it probably is Brock. But, like, why else would they have, like, made it so weirdly worded in that documentation? So uh, I don't know. I don't know. But we're, we're we're not we're not throwing accusations that Cain Velasquez is in jail right now for beating the shit out of a child molester. I try to get with his child. Um, he's already getting beat up for stupid shit. So let's not throw on that one. Brock Lesnar worships Vince McMahon like a fucking father figure. I said that many times. It probably is in the PP videos. You know, Abel. Cain Velasquez. Uh, by the way, can we get like a Con Air? Type one of those movies with Cain Velasquez. I shouldn't really be. That's here. interesting. I murdered. I murdered him with my hands because they're lethal weapons or what? <laughs> Have you ever thought about the plot of Conair? Is like, well, you know, I do karate, so if I if I have to defend myself and murder someone, I have to go to jail. 
like. Dude, Nicolas so, Cage is basically playing Forrest Gump in that fucking movie. <laughs> he really is, but he's great at it. <laughs> so he's, he's great at – it's amazing because Nicolas Cage either can play something incredibly stupid and still make it great or just incredibly great. Like there's – Oh, there was like a weird amazing. touch of that movie of where like they make you think that Steve Buscemi is like a murderer, child molester or whatever, but he's not <laughs> like, well, he's a murderer and eats people, but he's not the other thing in that film as well. So we should do like a whole watch along of that movie. Honestly. We'll talk about it. We'll definitely get that going on. All right. Um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about some highlight points. Well, just say highlight points. You're about to start off with, like I said, Punk coming out and telling us uh, he tore his tricep. Um, he basically, it's a really good promo, honestly. I, I, I think within it, like I could be wrong. I feel like that motherfucker humbled himself a bit because he brought up stuff. He kind of put himself in, like how he's so loud about himself. He didn't make it about himself. He was like, you know, don't. Don't worry about me. Maybe it's not in my maybe it's my fault and it's not in my cards. Um I left here. I did what I did. You know, he brought up the UFC thing and kind of just said, fuck it. I was asked about it and I said yes. And he's like, you know, I'll get more chances in the future, but maybe it's not in the cards for me to main event WrestleMania. And I'm not asking for anyone to worry about me. My friend has cancer and, you know, he's been dealing with it. And I was with him two nights ago and he's going through chemo and pro- trying to pretend like nothing's happening, just being positive and brings up friends of that of his in Chicago, a part of the fire department. And, you know, the perspective is there's bigger things than him just being a fucking entertainer. Like as much as this bothers him and it sucks, shit happens and you got to deal with it. And I thought especially since we know how egotistical CM Punk is. That's for sure. But we also know from seeing stuff, you know, him meeting up with Jade and giving her a big hug for the Royal Rumble. And the fact that he had to be the one in AEW to ask her, hey, do you know how to hit someone with a chair? And her being like, nah. You know, and then developing him helping her train and shit like that. And Corey Jade gets injured as soon as she gets back, kind of like how Punk now has to deal with and him visiting her and trying to, you know, it seems maybe he's going on a different way and, and way about it and trying to make it not just about himself. And I could be just reading into things too much, but it's good to see that type of stuff. And then before Drew comes out, and I'll let you talk about the, the, the Punk um, promo itself, you know, if anything... Coming back to wrestling, having all that shit happen to him, maybe he's realizing, like, a lot of this is my fault. You know what I'm saying? Like, I put myself in this perspective in these situations, and, you know, if you guys are fans with me, thanks, but you don't have to fucking defend me. Or something like that, you know? Like, I got a little bit of that within there. So with so with Punk and me, as old-time listeners know i'm not the biggest fan of punk in the ring i think he's a good promo i think he's huge for the wrestling industry in general um i'm actually kind of enjoying this more humble version of punk specifically the stuff they post 
in social media with WWE of like where he's just kind of happy to be at a, a professional workplace. It's really funny to think about. It's like uh, it's like if you were Billy Joe Armstrong and you know you're in Green Day, and then you're like, you know what? I'm gonna start a new punk band. Fuck Green Day. I'm just gonna go out on my own. And you just went and found some random people off Craigslist and started a punk band, and had to re-go through the scene, you know, like of like playing small small clubs, not using your own name or whatever. I feel like that's what Punk did in AEW. He's like, it turns out like this also sucks. Like it sucks way harder than I thought it did. Um, so it it is fun to just see him be CM Punk. CM Punk is always going to be, you know, an asshole. We said that even before he came to AEW. You know, like it, I also said, never say never on the WWE thing. That's the that's the Vince McMahon trope, right? Like, never say never. You can get a deal done. Money is money. Um, it sucks he got injured. And that, that more than anything, regardless of whatever company CM Punk was at or is at, uh, he has an injury history issue at this point. Because every pay-per-view he worked at AEW, he got hurt. And then he was gone. And there's only so much you can do with that guy. And like, I don't do you do one match a year. Like he's doing less matches a year than, you know, take you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you, do you think do? that's, that has something to do with it? It's all right. So when he came back in AW, he was actually consistently met, you know, he had matches a lot more often. And he hurt himself by tearing his tricep. And he came back, immediately hurt himself. Then he's around, and it's like he's so stretched out between times, his body's not adapting to wrestling, and it's kind of getting the better of him, it seems like. The, the crazy thing about Punk is that he doesn't have to do all of the shit he is trying to do <laughs> because he does have the, the gab, right? Yep. Like, Throw a wrist lock on, brother. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's. I appreciate that Punk is still trying to be Ring of Honor, CM Punk. Like, hey, remember that time I wrestled Eddie Guerrero and and Rey Mysterio at the same time? That was pretty lit. Uh, but he's old, dude. I'm old too. I'm not gonna be out here trying to do the things CM Punk's trying to do. Dude, my uh, shoulder's still fucked up from moving shit two weeks ago. Yeah, bro. I slept weird the other day. <laughs> Like, still messed up. So the point being is, like, every like every big event Punk has been in, he's gotten hurt. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, is he just, is he being, like, is he trying too hard? Is it one that his body is just broken, that broken down, uh, and he can't do it? But then you look at someone like Jeff Hardy... And you're like, well, his body's broken down as well. And he just full sends it. Is it like something mental? Like, can you just just not think about it? Like, yeah, it's going to suck tomorrow, but whatever. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's the, the thing about Punk coming back to WWE, I've really appreciated it. Um, 
is kind of like how he has treated other people walking into there. And he has made sure to make that public because of what happened to him in AEW. It's like almost as soon as he got hired into AEW, it was hostile. And if you go back to those original text messages that were started by Cody to CM Punk, and then Cody left, and then he eventually got hired there, I kind of wonder if the Bucks like have some kind of weird thing against CM Punk to begin with. Um, also, the Bucks have complained about Brian Danielson as well, so maybe they just hate everyone that is like you know actual professional wrestlers. What, do you think that Danielson like went up to Tony and was like, "Do you really want the last match of Sting to be them passing titles on to the Young Bucks?" They were like, "You asshole! Why did you say anything?" I mean, not the not the bring up shit that's like not on topic, but I did message you after watching that dynamite and say, got my 2024 worst gimmick of the year. (laughs) Are they trying to go for Vince McMahon's mustache? I wouldn't do that anymore. Well, they were originally for sure. And then as soon as that happened, they had like goatees like the next week. And I'm pretty sure one of them was drawn in. Uh, but yeah, right. uh, uh, yeah, I think originally it was like, we're going to punk fun at Vince McMahon. And then like that stuff came out and they're like, yeah, but either way, like what, what would that have meant? It has nothing to do with steam. They're, they're doing their YouTube show. If they want to do YouTube, just go do YouTube, bud. <laughs> like you don't tie it into my wrestling show. Yeah. Uh, I, I, anyways. I love the Young Bucks. I think they're a great tag team. They were ranked in my top five tag teams. Uh, if you go back, past uh, new listeners, go back and listen to our uh, year wrap, wrap up. But uh, yeah, they're just kind of like cr- was what the kids say cringy. Like I don't when I look at the Young Bucks and they're doing these backstage segments. I hearken back to when people didn't like Kenny Omega because he was tied into that stuff. Remember when they brought in like uh, Doc uh, Anderson and Gallows and stuff, and they were doing that like cringy shit. This is that, and it's tied up in, with Sting, which is like makes it even worse. Yeah. I said, if Sting and Darby in Sting's last match are just a conduit to get the titles back on the Young Bucks, because they're going for the titles this next week um, in Starks and um, Big Bill, Big William, then, uh, yeah, I'm going to be really pissed off. Uh, and if they're complaining about Brian Danielson, they just don't like people that have really more experience than them, even though I really like the Young Bucks and think they're a great tag team. But like within the industry, having power over them. And that seems to have been their problem probably for a while. No, 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 no. Me, com- the, like that comment was based off their book. So in the more Bucks oh. book, uh, they talked about working with Brian Danielson. I can't remember who he was tagging with at the time. They're like, he's, he was really stiff. Like he beat the hell out of us. And I was like, yeah, well. (laughs) Uh, 
So it, it's just it's funny because they're both in those positions now. But you you, you kind of get an idea of the the kind of wrestling the Bucks like versus uh, versus like a Brian Danielson, where he's like yo Japanese strong style, my guys. Uh, so yeah. Shit out of you. What are you gonna do? We're gonna kick you five times in the face. I really um, want I really want the breakup of Black Blackpool Combat Club with Moxley and Brian Danielson, and Brian Danielson makes him actually work a wrestle wrestling match again. Interesting concept for sure. Like instead of us brawling, let's do a match. Yeah. But hey man, we made also I think that well we didn't do anything. But CM Punk and Drew McIntyre made one of the best heels and put him at a different level to a point where I don't know where Drew McIntyre's going after WrestleMania, which is when Scott starts up anymore. I think that they've done such a good job reviving him within the last couple weeks. And uh this fucking promo to Punk. If you don't like punk, you probably really like this. Let's put it that way. So the the tri- the tricep post. Oh damn! Hold on, hold on. My my. How how did you like it? My headset's screwing up, so I gotta take it out. That's okay. So so from what I recall, there's two posts. It was uh, CM Punk's WrestleMania on a tombstone. Is it 2024 to 2024? This is a WrestleMania main event. Didn't happen. And then uh, later it was <laughs> Drew McIntyre in the gym just doing like tricep workouts and being like, that's why you got to work on your triceps, bud. Basically. Totally uh, trolling. <laughs> so he comes out and basically he's trying to sum up to CM Punk like how he feels. He's like, I feel bad for you. And I've been in your position before. Blah, 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 blah. And he goes, I got to be honest with you. After the Royal Rumble, when you eliminated me, I couldn't sleep. When I found out about this, I slept like a baby. <laughs> he said, he goes, I was praying this to happen. What the fuck, man? It was, it was so great. It was almost 70 seals. If he would have been like, and then I looked at Instagram photos of your wife or something where I felt like there was going to be one more to follow and it didn't happen, but it was, it was so great, dude. This is the best Drew McIntyre we've seen in a while. Now, what if he doesn't resign? He goes to AEW and just continues to shit on punk on Instagram. That'd be a good gift for Tony. Oh yeah, man. But how can how can Drew McIntyre and John Moxley survive in a company together? You know, there can only <laughs> be one dominating psycho. Is McIntyre psycho, or is he just an angry Irish? What, 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 what the hell is his, his uh... Scottishman? Sorry, Scottish. Scottishman. Man, he has a moniker. It's like the the Scottish psychopath, right? Playing off of that, he's an asshole though. He's very angry. Actually, in a lot of ways, he kind of reminds me more of, like, Adam Page. He's Triple H, dude. When he came back to to NXT, he reworked that character, and he's Triple H. He's just Triple H. 
And that's why when uh, when we were talking about NXT like three or four years ago, I he wasn't very high on my list because he works the same kind of he's better. I think he's better in the ring than Triple H, but uh, it is the same style matches, it's the same style promos, etc. He is the game. He's the he is the Scottish game, brother. Yeah, he takes that modern style that Kenny Omega does and kind of mixes it with a Triple H. Basically, he does those. Flips over the top. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, it, it's it's very similar. I've definitely noted. And dude, if he really wants to go fully tap into that, the fact that he has a Scottish accent even makes it more intimidating to me. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he is the Scottish game. He is the Scottish cerebral assassin. And the cerebral assassin. I don't have to even fucking worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in like six months he can be like, I'm the one that's not getting sued in court. <laughs> Jesus. But uh, yeah, this was, uh, this was I great. guess that was stiff. <laughs> he also attacked CM Punk and then stomped, well, work stomped on his arm. Uh, we have Sammy coming out who has a match with him later on, but just really good stuff, man. Just really good stuff. Can we get rid of McIntyre's sword entrance thing since he's yeah, not a sword out any that was dumb to begin with? Can we just like eliminate that? That, that seemed very baby face. Um, big up to my buddy Michael O'Rourke, whose uh, son Elliot loves Drew McIntyre, and he's like, dang man, you know, he uh he's now gonna have to deal with the whole like bit your one of your favorite baby faces becoming a heel. And uh we all remember those days. It's hard. Hulk Hogan did it, damn it. <laughs> Less hard for me because I'm a Sting fan. He's always been baby face, brother. <laughs> uh, it's no. funny because Sting's like my second favorite now, but at the time, Hulk Hogan was above everyone, including Shawn Michaels. No, that is going to be tough. But also, like, I would just point out that Drew McIntyre's not really a heel. <laughs> So he's just Scottish. Just tell him that. Yeah. He's just angry that he's getting passed over. That's not being a heel. That's just having workplace he complications. That was injured. I pray for this to happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over that. That was so great. And like the reaction that CM Punk did to that, that was that was brilliant. <sighs> All right, well. How did you like the uh, the tag match? I thought DIY against Judgment Day was awesome. I thought DIY got themselves over in the match, even though they lost. And I liked the ending that we already talked about with our truth coming out, them destroying him, and then the Miz joining our truth just to get hurt in the ring, setting up stuff, I think, for the future. But uh, DIY looked really good, man. It's taken them forever, but I think that. It seems like Triple H with a lot of people are like, I'm going to get to you how you were in NXT. And with them, it's like they're both getting older. So we got to get them, you know, in the tag teams. And then eventually Johnny lose the match after they're losing for a while. Then Champa beats the shit out of Johnny. And we go from there is what I'm assuming. Can we know, can Champa just get paid the same and be in NXT, though? Probably, but they definitely got themselves over to the crowd, so I'm happy about that. But then again, they could be going to Tampa next or something. 
Yeah, and no, it was a fine match. I, I just it's a WWE tag division, so my expectations are set very low, and I would rather see like Champa go back to NXT. Yeah, but here's the problem. Even though they gave him the belt and he had it for a while, didn't he already do that? Like they had him on the main roster and they sent him back. Well, yeah, because like Gargano got hurt like the first match they were up. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And then they had uh, Ciampa like teaming with someone else because there was like a tag tournament. That's what I'm saying. It's like the tag tournament tag team in WWE is like. They build really big tag teams and everything else is an afterthought. They have, like, we have two tag teams. And that's been the history of all of WWF. With the exception of maybe... Well, God, even then there was only three, right? Like, with, like, Christian and Edge, the Dudleys, and the Hardys. Or if you look back before that, what, it was, like, Demolition, um, shit, the, the... The Heart Foundation and the Bulldogs for a while. Yeah, they they have like three tag teams and they just do the, they they basically do territory wrestling, but on TV every week with their tag teams. Yeah, uh, that's why I wish. Even though he works for NWA, it's like I wish he had a guy like a Ricky Mort to kind of really work and develop, you know, part of the tag teams or or be an agent specifically with the tag teams. Uh, someone, I mean, I guess you could use Arn Anderson since he's not working at AEW anymore, but that he shouldn't just go to WWE anyways. I kind of wonder if there's just like a, if they've been doing like statistical ratings analysis on tag team wrestling and been like, this just ain't it. Or something. Because yeah, WWE has had zero focus on it. If, if they're basing it off their own stuff, they're the reason why it's not you know, popular. So. I don't know. Have you seen the AEW's tag team division recently? I was about to say, even though AEW has great tag teams, they haven't been doing shit. Yeah, and, see. Do they have great tag teams, though? Because I haven't seen any of it. Yeah, I mean, it's it seems to be, it's it's Bucks, FTR, it's, it's the same ones that have been. It's much. it's no it's the Bucks versus Sting like it's not even it's not even a tag team story. Yeah, it's his retirement. Yeah, um, like. All right, so what where's FTR? Aren't they still like champs or something? Like where? they had a pretty good cage match with Black and uh, with uh, Malachi Black and uh, Buddy, and yeah. apparently they're kind of. Headed towards WWE. They're gone. They already have basically openly said they're gone. Malachi tried to get fired like a, a year and a half ago. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know. Well, whatever. I mean, they'll both have fun there. But they had a great match in the cage. I think it was... I think Brody was in it, too, if I don't remember correctly. See, the thing is, I was watching this at the same time as the fucking Rumble, so I kind of didn't pay attention to it. But uh, it was the three of them versus... They they have Daniel Garcia hanging out with fucking FTR now. I have no idea why. Cause he's like a he's a shooter, brother. That's what FTR yeah. is. They're shooters. After after he just had this wonderful dance gimmick, they put him with the technical tag team that doesn't fuck around. Cause they're all technical and they're shooters, brother. They're shooters, brother. 
the former, former ROH Pride champion or whatever, Shooter's brother. All right, so I'll just ask you. Uh, you know, we have Cody come out. He's talking about going against Roman. I'll, I'll combine it with what happened last night because it's all one giant conversation, Chris. This is basically the men's stuff. Cody comes out. He proposes that this is what he was going to do and that he's going to go on to face Roman at WrestleMania, cue Seth Rollins. This is probably, arguably, because when he first presented this, the audience and myself, and I'm, I'm sure lots of people were like, no. But Seth, who I don't, I don't know if I really consider him a promo guy. When he takes it seriously, he's good. He took it seriously. And he laid out a couple options, the, the history of, of something that, that's called the world title. And if people don't know, in short history, even though they're not technically connected, the world title goes back to George Hackenschmidt when he beat Frank Gotch, the European champion, against the American champion for the world championship. This is the predecessor to what would be the NWA title. The world title would then be the top territory title going forward for a very long time uh, until we obviously had the WWE that kind of or WWF that came out of the original 70s uh, territory from Vince We Let me stop you. We're doing some multiverse fucking crossover bullshit to connect all of these titles together. No, I'm just telling – I'm saying the history of what is considered the world title. No, no, I know, but even still, like – even in the past 30 years, the world title is not connected to any of that. All right. Um, so Seth comes out. And he's basically giving the history lesson of what the world title is. Kind of like kind of like what Gunther was saying against Seth. Um, you know, that's more of the worker's title. Um, and... Well, I don't know. How did how did you like this whole entire thing? Well, Seth's belt is a made-up belt. Like, it didn't exist. We just created it, right? Um, it sets up exactly what I thought was going to happen at Mania to begin with, right? Like, you, you get Cody... Cody, Rock, Roman, Seth. If Punk didn't hurt, it would be Punk versus Seth and Cody versus Roman and the Rock Knight. Rock versus Roman Knight too. So they had to shift things a little bit. But it, this is the same predictions, basically, that I gave after we talked about Mania last year. Like, nothing... The main event hasn't changed. That doesn't make it, like, a bad thing. That just means it's really good. I'm invested in it, and I, I'm still watching it. Like, you know, it's still the best thing, wrestling-wise. But, uh, yeah, I think it changed a little bit when Punk was done-done. Um, which sucks because I would have loved to have seen CM Punk get, even though I'm not a huge CM Punk fan, it would have been nice to see him get his, uh, you know, main event moment. Yeah, it would, but yeah. So interesting prospect. Um, you know, last night Cody says basically to Roman, to the extent of he is going to come for him, he is going to take that title, just not at WrestleMania. And it's more about someone else, someone that you really know, 
cue the rocks music rock comes out last night rockets in roman's face it looks like it's going to be seth like you said seth and um seth and cody for the world title and then rock and roman assuming roman beats the rock and then after whenever the hell Hulk Hogan's record is, which I think that they're trying to separate WWF by WWWF. So I guess if fucking Roman beats Hulk, no one's ever going to do a Bob Backlund, especially also what Bruno did with their records. That's way too long. So give him to beat Hulk, and then maybe Cody gets both belts. I don't know, SummerSlam or some shit. Well, I mean, like, The Rock is going to beat... The Rock is going to lose to Roman. You know, yeah. the title's on... So it's very possible that Roman could be the Bruno San Martino. Honestly, because he's not going to lose again until next Mania. See, I, I don't know if it's going to take until next Mania. Uh, like I said, I think when they get past Hogan, it's kind of open territory because there's no way they're going to let him have it for like five, five and a half years. I can't see that happening. People will start get, turning on that shit. They're already... Kind of like I don't care. I'll I'll watch. I'll take the story for what it is. But yeah, I know that people are getting sick of this whole entire concept. So don't overstay your welcome. I don't think it's 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 Hunter. It's not it's not Vince. Do you? So here's what I would do if you're just going through with what they said on Friday, right? So you're gonna have Rock Roman, uh, Cody Seth, do them both on night one. Do double title changes and have Cody beat the Rock on night two. And unify the titles and move forward from there. That's what I would do. Uh, If I was forced into the situation where this is what it's going to be on paper, how do you make it work? How do you make it work is, like, sometimes just don't fucking do it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like. The 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 literally what I put out last WrestleMania would have been this WrestleMania if CM Punk didn't get hurt. CM Punk threw a wrench into it, kind of, because he got <laughs> he put him over really big at Rumble and put a lot of time into him, so that like it was going to be him and Seth, and now he's not available. So it's like, well, what do we do with Seth? We also have the Rock here. Well, here's also one more thing that we're not talking about. Yeah, Seth should be able to make it to Mania. But is there a chance he's not ready? Because he does have a major injury. It's not as bad. Obviously, MCL compared to ACL is very different. Uh, But he also has meniscus tear. So that's like what? I think he said three months. And I think that's actually, he was saying longer than it is. Because I'm pretty sure I, I read, like, technically, if he's fine, keeps on doing it, rehabbing, he should be good by Mania. But if he isn't, or if he's not in-ring ready, you know, I mean, I know it's Seth fucking Rollins, but he's going to have a big match with Cody. Um, There is a chance that we have to change it again. Yeah, I, I disagree with where they're going in general. I would have done, I mean, because, like, if he wins the belt from Cody, like, wins the belt from Seth... Right, that doesn't complete the story. Does anyone yeah. feel like that's going to complete the story? 
if he doesn't well, beat Roman. I mean, that's the thing. He said that this is not going to be the story, or, or you know, it's it's the story's on pause. I don't know. What they're basically so, setting up is to mind the championships at a later date after this. I'm wondering if Triple H, like, like what originally they had with The Rock, if they're like, do this, and then Cody, you'll go on and get both of them by blah, 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 or, or something. Um, this had to be like the, like I said, I think The Rock was going to run interference on the Cody just to I thought he was fit the bloodline. And screw over Roman, and that would lead to Roman and Rock somehow. Like, yeah, I thought it was going to be something like that or just there to prevent the bloodline from interfering and Cody would finally get his moment. He'd win. The Rock would be there or whatever. And then you would set up Rock versus Roman, which actually makes the most sense. Like, Seth's title should be a fucking afterthought. It's a made-up belt. Yeah. No one cares. It's less prestigious than Valter's title. You know what I mean? Like, it's less prestigious than the IC title. Like, if Seth well, can't go, he can't go. You shouldn't book your – you shouldn't rework your entire plans for the past two years to fit in if Seth can defend his title against Punk or not. I agree. I, I definitely agree with you. And, there's, and I love the option that they presented that was just to throw us off, basically, with Uther. Basically coming out there being like, these are both considered workman titles. I should have both of them. You shouldn't have either. You know? Like, I want to make this prestigious like I have with this title. Um, That would have been awesome. But, you know. I mean, what I would probably do with Seth, and he he wouldn't like this, I would just be like, he's unable to defend his title at Mania. We're going to put it in a ladders match, and I'd put that on night two. And then yep. I get like six yep. people because then you can shift it. You don't have to worry okay. about storylines. Yep. Absolutely. That's what I thought too, man. LA Knight wins it. Fucking craziness. But he's the first world sh- or the second world champion. Um, yes. Yeah, that, that seems like a better idea. Yeah. Because messing with the Cody Roman storyline doesn't make any sense at all. It just sucks. It sucks. I get it. And it's, I, I mean, they got to pivot, I guess, but it just, yeah, it should be yeah. Roman and uh, Cody. Yeah, and then, like I said, the only thing I can pull from it is they're unifying the titles of Mania. So Cody's going to win both nights? I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll have to find out as it gets to it, but uh, Which, could... I am I am fine with them getting rid of having three heavyweight titles, by the way. So if they do do that... I, I totally understand it. Yeah, uh, let there be an overall champion among, uh, above everyone and make it the fucking big-winged eagle belt, like a new version of that, and then have the IC champion that's more known for Raw and the fucking U.S. championship that's more known for SmackDown by themselves. We don't need to have 50 fucking titles. I mean, I love Eddie Kingston, but he's got like three of them, and two of them are not even the same company. So here, here, here's my absolute problem with with the solution I just posed of where Cody wins both nights. That means Roman has to lose to The Rock. Yeah, I don't know if I want that either. I want Roman to if he's going to lose to anyone, it's got to be Cody. 
Like, if it's him and The Rock, he's got to go over. This is just a way to get him longer on this, you know, I've had the title for so long, la la la, situation. But, yeah. Um, one if more Roman, thing. If Roman, Reigns, if Roman Reigns loses to The Rock, I will just not watch the rest of Mania. Like, if that happens, it's night, going to be the last match, so I think you'll end up watching it. You know they're putting that on night two in the main event. No, but it has to happen night one for any of their stories to make. That's what I'm saying is, like, you can't – you're going to have to either t- – if you're finishing Cody's story, which is well, the entire build to this mania. I, I don't think – I think because of what happened with Punk, Cody ain't getting no belt at WrestleMania for Brother. That's so ridiculous, though, because they didn't even really know that they had Punk until September. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, I get that that threw, like, a little bit of a wrench and something cool that they could do. But, like, I'm not buying into that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. It's just, uh, that's... That's, I think, the route that they're going. It is dumb because, like, we thought that Seth was stepping down fucking two weeks ago when he had that great promo with Gunther. Not only that, you already set up with Gunther, and Gunther's not going against Brock Lesnar anymore at fucking Mania. So why not do that? And have those, like, Brock's the ref, he's between Cody and Roman, and Rock finds Roman trying to cheat maybe at one part, or I don't know. Yeah, he just stops the bloodline. That was my prediction even from last year. I was like, well, okay, Cody lost. They're going to rebuild well, it. I like Rumble. Honestly, I know that they're having to fucking shift shit, but I like that way better. Or, like you said, open title, world title, bunch of competitors, ladder match, and you get someone like LA Knight with that world title afterwards. Yeah, like, you could put anyone in there. You, this yeah. could be a Sami Zayn's moment. Sami Zayn. Right? Those are my top two. That would be great. Either Sammy or fucking L.A., you know? Yeah, like, but, either one of them getting a, like, it's not the title, because I still don't, like, the Seth Rollins title doesn't, that's not a title. Um, And that's nothing against Seth Rollins. I think he's been really good, especially recently in his promos. I mean, his in-ring work is always impeccable, but... uh. Recently, this more fired up. This it sucks so bad that he actually got hurt, and Punk got hurt because that would have been that would have been great. That would have been a great WrestleMania match. But uh, yeah, with the way yeah, with the way things worked out, wheelchair match. You know what? They just raced to the ring, (laughs) giant that giant WrestleMania stage. Jesus. Um. So the last big thing that happened with WWE is Bailey and her picking her, you know, what she wants to do at the Royal Rumble, or not the Royal Rumble, at WrestleMania from winning the Royal Rumble. And so on Raw, she comes out, uh, basically starts talking about who she said she was going to go against, because their whole thing is EO has one championship belt, the Kabuki Warriors have the tag belts, she's going to get the uh, Rob Belt from Rhea Ripley. Hugh Rhea Ripley comes out, gets smashed from behind, like we said, from Nia Jax, uh, brings her to the ring, beats her up real bad, and uh, basically tells Bailey that she should probably choose someone else because Nia's not going to make it to WrestleMania. So we have that happen. Last night, Kabuki Warriors are kind of 
talking shit about Bailey uh, behind her back. Uh, or, yeah, they were talking shit in front of her. They just didn't know she was in the doorway. Uh, then it gets in the ring, and, you know, basically she was talking about how it was going to be um, – it was going to be uh, Rhea that she was going to pick, but she – Start speaking like in fluent Japanese. All the other three, their lights or their eyes light up like, what the fuck? And she says, I've learned some Japanese, uh, you know, and I know that you guys have basically been talking shit and talking about going against me for a while now and then asking you, like, why? And uh, really has a nice baby face promo that we haven't seen Bailey do in a long time. And, you know, it, it seems like we're going to be going with her against Io Shirai for that championship. And like we said, will we get the Bailey Buddies back again? Who comes out to save Bailey's winning the title at Mania? So who comes out to make the save? Is it Julia? <laughs> Becky. Yeah. Becky makes the save? Okay. See that? The ghost of Dusty Rhodes comes out and makes the save. Sasha? Uh, <laughs> wow, that's it. That's got to be it. She makes the save and then challenges Bailey. That's it, right? You just booked it. That's it. That's going to be – book it. Bold prediction. <laughs> Bailey wins the title. Sasha makes the save only to challenge Bailey the title. That's great. Like, like honestly, that's great. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll see it happen, man. Um you know, it's it's going to be very interesting. We're in media season. It is time to start directing towards what will be happening in the beginning of April. And it's coming up sooner than we think. Um, we've talked a lot throughout WWE. Do you want to talk about anything major from AEW? I don't know if I really want to go over the whole entire thing. Uh, real quickly, we can talk about Dynamite. Um, I, I, or maybe is yeah, RVD is the biggest baby face in Dynamite, apparently. What an awesome match, man. <laughs> how, hey, how do you get uh, Shane or poor Strickland booed? Uh, you put him in the, the ring with RVD. You, you, play Pants, you play Pantera and send RVD out there. That's all, I guess. How the hell is this guy still doing it to the level that he's doing it at? I know that he's stiff as hell, and it looked like... Uh, Strickland was bleeding from the mouth, so he definitely got nailed. But uh, still doing shit. So I saw comments of like RVD look gassed. I never saw that. What I saw was that RVD was calling spots. Yeah. Uh, I don't, in, I don't, I in, in particular, in the in particular, like when they went to go to the like over the ropes towards the end of the match where RVD tried to throw a mountain swerve, obviously didn't know what was happening and he kind of hung up on the ropes. And then Rob Van Dam just grabbed him and tossed his ass out to do the uh, not a Van Daminator, but the the spinning leg drop over the guardrail that he always does. Still does like that's amazing. It looked great. I was like, so what I got here is that. Swerve had an idea of what this match was going to be and talked to a really high RVD. And then he got in the ring and RVD was like, shit, let's call it in the ring, brother. (laughs) That's what I got out of it. (laughs) Uh, But RVD did not look blown up to me at all. Like he moved like a hundred 
couple miles an hour most of this match. So I saw a lot of that floating online and like RVD's not the same. I was like, dude, RVD is like better than most of this roster. <laughs> yeah, man. Come on. Get out of here that I watched that Moxley match and I'm like, dude, if you if you think Moxley is better than R V D, you're we're living on different planets. Like, yeah. I don't know. He flows so well in the ring. He's still very active, very healthy, smokes a lot of pot. The the only thing I will say is like his arms now go all the way to the back like he has wings. They're about to like start flying with them. Like well, yeah, bro. with posture. Yeah, because they had to be on Royce to be in WWE, dude. It's a thing. Crazy. But, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Also happy to find out that Wardlow, apparently from what he says, is fine. Because it looked like he fucked up his knee during his match, and he looked real pissed. Actually, he punched the stairs outside while there was a promo going on inside the ring with Adam Cole. Uh, I yeah, would have felt really bad if that was the case, if he did get injured right there. I I heard that they're saying like so the comments around it was that he said it was nothing and AEW said it was something so uh, slight MCL tear kind of like Seth so like four to six weeks. Well, that's not too bad, but that's another slowdown for Mr. Wardlow once again. Yeah, especially because they're here's, doing. Here's what ranking. I want to know. Well, they're doing rankings now, so he's not going to get any wins during four to six weeks. Would they give? Let me just ask you, and I hate to be this guy. I sound like just going to go but would they give psychosis this much time with Bill Goldberg? No, dude. They yell about like, this why all the, the time. Why is he doing all that shit? <laughs> I yelled about it. this. Uh, I, I think I was texting you. This was prior to the show, listeners out there. But I was yelling about this last night with the fucking Nick Nimeth match on Impact. It's like, why the hell is he? Why is he out here having a twenty match, twenty minute match with a tag guy? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Elevate your stars. If, if Wardlow Wardlow power bombed MJF, you're you're former champion that just got screwed over and lost the belt. He power bombed him into such oblivion that he left for two months. You don't have Wardlow like having a seven minute match with some like I can't even remember who the hell he was facing. Some guy that's there to get power bombed. You know what I mean? Like Commander. They used to do that with Jade Cargill too. They they would do that with Jade Cargill as well. They're like you need to make her look strong. Which is funny because this goes back to CM Punk is like, well, if you want me to make Roman look strong, why don't you just have him beat me? <laughs> like, why am I out here? <laughs> That's just so frustrating, dude. Like, that that kind of stuff is just baffling. It was like the hook thing. Like Samoa, like a couple weeks ago. I, I don't think we've talked about that because I don't think we had a show in between there. Samoa Joe hits Hook with the Muscle Buster, right? And Hook kicks out of one after Under Joe had already murdered him. And then he gets back out and just immediately gets choked out. It was like, what was the point of that? A like, motherfucker. And dude, I like Hook. And I loved his reaction from his father during that. But the motherfucker, what? Got smashed through the announce table. He got a fucking pop-up powerbomb. He gets a Death Valley driver. 
and then he gets a muscle buster and fucking Hulk Hogan's at one to Samoa Joe. Like, yeah, that, that was his Terry Funk. That was the time he chose to do the Terry Funk moment. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so dumb. I get what they were trying to do, but that's like, they didn't do, he didn't get enough offense or I, I don't know, but yeah. And also AW with this, like, we're just going to have this guy get the hell kicked out of him and he's going to kick out. I don't know if this is a Dustin Rhodes thing. Cause he did that in the swerve match as well. Uh, if everyone does it, it's not important. And also, you guys aren't Terry Funk. So, <laughs> chill the fuck out. Because yeah. that is the Terry Funk spot of, like, I have lost everything in this match. I've been beaten to oblivion. So my last call out is I'll flip the bird, and you just continue to beat me, and I'll kick out. <laughs> you know, like, it's the Terry Funk spot. But the difference is... Terry Funk wins those matches. <laughs> it's the perfect example when he won the ECW title. Like, that's the spot they're going for. It doesn't work. <laughs> Stop doing it so often. And also, Samojo is a grown-ass man <laughs> out here. It, like, you know, if you, if you want to make it more believable, beat Joe up a little bit. Because if he just has a clean muscle buster, that should be that should be the end of game. Uh, and, and I know the idea is like we want to protect Hook, make him look strong, make him look like a rebel or whatever. But then he just immediately got up and got choked out, like two seconds later. So what was the point of the kickout? It doesn't make any sense. Sorry, well, AEW does a lot of that, but here, here's another good one. So that happens, and then what does Joe do afterwards? Um, which I know that he can't wrestle, but having Taz not like get up at least and like he fucking beats the shit out of him, gives him another muscle buster, chokes his ass out. Then the uh, next week, uh, while he's in the ring, he comes out, Hook comes out, and he handshakes Joe. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna come for you next time. And then Joe is like, basically, get out of here, little kid. And then he suplexed a bunch of security guards. Like what is what in the world of Vince Russo chat GPT booking is this? <laughs> I don't know, man. One other question before we go about uh, AEW. The rankings are bad. Yeah, they are. And, and some of them make sense. The main event rankings with uh, like Swerve and uh, Hangman and setting up a number one contenders match, that makes sense. The uh, rest of the title rankings were an afterthought. Also, it's hard to do rankings when uh, Orange Cassidy is just like open challenge each week. Yeah, I'm trying to look in these. Okay, so we got the uh, men's championship. Nope, this is the old one, because CM Punk's on this list. Um, <laughs> Number one contender, CM Punk. He still has the belt in that bag somewhere. Jesus. Do you think he's going to bring it back and defend it when he gets back? Anyways. Oh, uh, when, he, when he gets fired from WWE for punching uh, Stephanie McMahon in the face. Yep. I love how now we have four champions to choose from uh, for the men. Swerve Strickland, Hangman Page, Adam Copeland, John Moxley, Roderick Strong at uh, Roderick's at five. So it looks like Swerve, obviously. Okay, that's interesting. 
Um, then we have both Julia Hart and Timeless Tony Storm. Deanna Perrazzo, Thunder Rosa, Hikaru Shida, Sky Blue, and Mariah May. The Tag Championship, uh, which this one wants to be a dick, with Ricky Starks and Big Bill. Sting and Darby, Silver and Reynolds, uh, Danielson and Claudio, Private Party, Cassidy and Beretta. Wow, there's like no tag teams apparently. Okay, so FTR is not even on that list. Yeah, I mean, I I thought that too, but I just was fucking annoyed. And then (laughs) the trios. Okay, I think this is why. This is how they're justifying it. Number one for trios against the acclaimed and daddy ass Bullet Club Gold, which they're best friends. Of course, they're not going to turn on them. Anyways, Hardys and Mark Briscoe is number two. The Dark Order, FTR and Daniel Garcia, and then House of Black. At number five. Well, that's interesting. The heart, the Hardys, like that's not even that was they did one match. That's not a trio. Prob- Dude, I don't watch Rampage anymore. I'm sure most of this shit's on that somehow. Tony Khan doesn't understand how trios work, which is hilarious <laughs> because they have so many factions in AEW, you would think you would understand. The reason that New Japan has a trios title is because they had like six factions. And this is our group of guys, and they go against this group of guys. He's just putting random dudes together and like, you're a trio now. Like, like fucking, why is FDR doing it? Like, uh, that doesn't even mention the Ring of Honor tag champions. Where are they at on the list for title shot? Oh, they're another company. Of course, they're not associated uh, with AEW. Oh, so they have their own rankings, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to bring those okay. back, too. Oh, wow. yeah, isn't there another set of Ring of Honor trios titles, too? Like, where's Dalton and the boys at? Where are they at? Or whatever. Oh, no. The people that have those titles are uh, Jay and the Guns. So, and that's why they're with, I think that group's dumb. I, it really is. It just looks like Jay and the guns are going to, you know, screw him over uh, and go with them into trying to maybe combine these two trio titles. Just be one fucking trio championship, even though we shouldn't have either, honestly, because they're dumb. But, uh, yeah, Bucks love them. And, uh, yeah, and that's, that's how I figured out that my hair was thinning out a little bit on the sides. If I could give some sage advice to Tony Khan running this company and knowing past history of companies, what I immediately would do, all of these subtitles like Ring of Honor titles that actually don't mean anything, I'd come on TV and I would totally do the Vince Russo thing and be like, look, dude, I just have a stupid amount of money and I bought stuff. These titles don't mean anything. Fuck it. And just strip them. Like, defunct the titles. And just become a heel character and move forward. Because there's no need for all these title belts. And that's the only way out of it. Otherwise, you're booking for six months to merge titles. And you also don't know where your landing platform to watch the show is going to be next year. Because it could be streaming, and you're like, well, we already have a streaming platform, but like, what do we do? I don't know. So get ahead of it. Just be a heel and be like, these titles don't exist. Ring of Honor is trash. I am the greatest booker of all time. Fuck Paul Heyman. 
be that guy. You know what I mean? Make a character of it instead of being like, I like to book wrestling in my living room or whatever. I like to do that too. I, I'm an e. I was a former e fetter, bro. I get it, Tony Khan. But so I, I just found. So I listened to you and I agree with you. Um, but I just saw a video of Drew McIntyre at a house show, and he does the it's clobbering time at the beginning of his entrance now. He's <laughs> <laughs> swinging the sword around. Circles. If you do that besides a sword and just keep on going, it's glowing time. Awesome, that's hilarious. But yeah, Tony's a Tony's a he's an interesting guy, he really is. But um, yeah, uh, I think that's the show, man. Doing this for a minute, and uh, we had a great show for you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed it and the Royal Rumble itself. That was a lot of fun to watch. Um. We'll be having some more, hopefully nothing negative as much as a part of this one was, but some more uh, news in the next couple of weeks. We got Elimination Chamber coming up. Uh, definitely check out Impact, Impact, our TNA Impact, doing some really good stuff. And uh, yeah, Chris, say goodbye to all the lovely people and plug whatever you'd like to plug. Goodbye, all the lovely people out there. It's uh, at Chris R. Patton on X slash Twitter or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Christopher.r.patton on Instagram and Facebook. I got music out there. There's some Facebook reels and Instagram reels or whatever the hell you guys like to get into. And uh, Tony Khan, slide into my DMs, bro. I can help you book your show. Make it better. I promise. I promise it will be better. He's got the answers. You got the ears. Just don't start crying out those eyes, Tony. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to us. Please subscribe or whatever platform you're listening on. We're on all your major ones, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, just search Wrestling Geeks Online. Subscribe. Listen to episodes. Rate them. And you guys have a great day. Uh, let the Geek Vibes and Wrestling Geeks Alliance be with you. And as always... Peace out.